Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it and anybody can get it No limit, we get to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping, any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2022. 2022. Yeah. Uh, that was dope, wasn't it? That was dope. That was dope. No, it's synchronized. I you, love it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. we had bars like that. <laughs> <laughs> On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Excited for y'all today. We got a dope show. What's up, Chris? How you doing, boss? I'm doing good. Good. Tired. But yeah. I'm not complaining about any of it. I'm just tired. You finally turning your script? No, I got to do some rewrites oh, today. God. Just it's. Um, You've been on script for nine weeks and I shit. have been on script for a long time. <laughs> oh long time. man, you've been I locked mean, in. I mean, it's not. It's not. Um, it's just um, issues with like. Uh, I mean, you, you, you know what? The notes call with the studio yep. is what caused a little bit of a ruffle. And they had very legitimate notes. Nothing that was like we don't want to do, you know, like c- kind of like let's placate you. Right. Um, it ultimately got to something I think a little better. With the w- one thing we were ch- we had to make an ch- adjustment to change to change something. So it's just um, it's just you know you just you have to roll that. I mean, look. You could uh, you, there's always a possibility to get really shitty notes. Always mm-hmm. a possibility. Facts. Yeah. Uh, particularly, you look. I mean, I was telling someone the other day. I was like, "Is there a specific needle you're trying to thread for an eight o'clock CBS family procedural that's got to have a little bit of an edge on it because it's like a cop esque show? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's like you know you're like, oh shit, this is the Death Star. We're trying to get that. You know, yeah. like what are you doing? Um, so it's a trick to it's a it's because tr- Queen she would want to have and, a little edge and, you know and, and Queen yeah she wants yeah. a little edge you know um, we always talk about we have to give her scissor kicks in the room <laughs> because that's I don't, I don't know if Chris tells her he's on the equalizer yeah so the equalizer yeah. So ah, right. yeah. okay got it so got it got it it's just we always have jokes about you know the the it, what, what, it's not I don't you know it's funny when you work with someone who's like a big star like right. that and yeah. then like the room is like you know like I told did I tell you the story about like I think my second or third day in the room I, I was like <clears throat> what do we call her do we call her Queen <laughs> Dana Dana do we, call yeah. her do we call her Queen Latifah do, right. can we right. call her Latifah right. what do we call her um and my and, and, and Joe Wilson sure when it was like oh you used to earn Dana you just Ooh. can't Ooh. call her Dana. interesting <laughs> we yeah. all call her Queen you know um <laughs> And uh, it's funny because 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 like because cause my buddy, a good friend of mine, is her interior designer. Mm-hmm. So I keep I, and we're supposed to have dinner. I couldn't have it last week, but but I was like, dude, I, I, but I want him to introduce me to her beforehand, so so I can call her Dana. Is that, is that dude who did our? Yeah. yeah, 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 Mario, yeah, Mario. yeah, yeah. Okay, Mario's yeah. dope. Mario's yeah. dope. Mario's he did Ben, he did Corey ben. Jones, yeah, Corey Jones, yeah, place. Yeah, 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 Mario's real dope. So um, so I want to ask him if he'll um. If he'll introduce me ahead of time, so okay. I, so I can come to the set and call her Dana, and I can look <laughs> at the other writers and go, "Ha, 
<laughs> you know, just to get on it, not to, not because I want a car. Yeah, That's funny. I just was like, yeah, but but you know, look, it's it's all good. I, I think I'm going to New York in a, in a month. Um, I'm trying to get episode two right now because, mm. um, or my second episode of this. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're uh, um, how many you guys do on that show? Do eighteen, Ooh. and oh, wow. um, and right now the episode that. And this is this is how Joe Wilson is really smart. Um, the episode we're breaking right now is the episode that Queen wanted us to do. Like she yeah. said, "Hey, this season I'm gonna do an episode about X," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And it and the next person up on the rotation was the the staff writer, and 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 Joe was like, "I want you to lead the break on this mm. to her. Mm. You help us like it's up. you do that, but you might not be writing it." Hmm. because it's no but he was like because it's your first episode of tv ever and the target on your back because it's queen's requested episode Mm. is really high sure so just you know the next one you will get like he's because he wants everyone to get an episode and everybody will um but i might want to get this episode Mm. <laughs> See, because now it's like oh, it's a little open, you know, yeah. and the and, make it dope, you know. So uh, oh, see, I already got so many questions. Like, how many times does a does a lead prominent actor on a show come to you with ideas, and they're like, no, 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 this has to happen. Like, mm. how frequent is that? I mean, look, this, look, this is my first time on this show, so okay. so, so, I, so I don't know. N- number two, she's a, a, a she's EP. Ah, yeah. yeah so well, that changes the conversation. <laughs> changes the yeah. conversation. She sees everything. She sees right, everything. Right, 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 and right. they all and they also promised her this year that we would come to her with the stories like um, sooner, Got so it. she and Flavor Unit, her company, could weigh in on stuff and like, which you, I mean, yeah, it's your show, right? You're not just your sure. show, but you're the EP on the show. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've heard a lot of like, like when you get to be EP level. You on actors, they get to weigh in on stuff. You oh, know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the whole point. Uh, just your point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. I mean, look. Before this, I was on Star Trek, okay. and and we had to pitch the whole season to Patrick Stewart, who was the EP, right. and get his sign off before we could even go ahead. And sure. I, I, mean, I mean, before we even took it to the to the studio or the network or production company, we like, we had to get Patrick on first. Wow. Okay. Then, you know, and then if he's in, then it'd be easier to play with everyone else because he's like, I'm gonna do this. Right, right. And right. And, and because we were we were gambling <clears throat> to get the whole uh original cast back, mm-hmm. you know, and so so we had to go and like convince him that's that was the best play, you know. <laughs> and which is which is taking spotlight off of him to a degree because now he's sharing with him, you know. Um and then but I remember that we were like, sent him. I remember that Terry, my boss, he went in and pitched. He went to his house and pitched him the thing, and like on a Saturday, and then on Sunday, like Patrick wrote all the writers an email. It was like, I'm so excited to do what you what I just heard. This is gonna be wow. Nice. So it was yeah. pretty awesome, you know, to get that's so, amazing. Yeah. So 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 Chris framed it just so you know we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you guys are grown, we go ahead and jump into the show. I told you we go off on rants about shit. Yeah, uh, I'm here for it. Let me welcome to the show my dude, little bro, in the building, Denzel Whitaker, actor, editor, producer, 
What else? I know you got nine other half high things. What else you do? Oh Jesus! Okay, let's see. Uh, like you said, actor, uh, producer, director, there writer, editor, photographer. Um, just very, very basic animation, and uh, <laughs> you know, handyman on the weekends. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you need your kitchens done, uh... <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you need your car looked at. You know, <laughs> need some new paint in your house. Call me. <laughs> Welcome to the show, uh, Denzel, man. Good to have you, man. Oh, man. Pleasure to be here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. We're going to have fun today. It's going to be a dope episode. Um, so let's just go back, tell the kids who don't know you, the three or four people who have never seen your face before, um, where you from? How you got into the game? That's fair. There's probably more than three or four people. <laughs> I would like to say, because I need more billboards, so apparently you guys don't know me enough. <laughs> um, you said where I'm from, though? Yeah, where you from? How you got into the game? Uh, born and raised Los Angeles, California. Believe born it or and not. Raised in Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, a little bit more polished than that. Uh, Palos Verdes, in fact. Okay, okay. For anybody who's familiar, it's uh, down along the south end of the coast, like San Pedro, mm-hmm. uh, where the harbor is, mm-hmm. uh, Long mm-hmm. Beach, Torrance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm from Powell's Verdes. Little silver spoon boy. Look at him. I see you. I got the video. Oh tape. man. Oh fuck. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna get into that. I'm, 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 there's definitely a story behind that as well. <laughs> That's where my uncle lives. Really? Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Does he like it? <laughs> this is a longer story. Okay. I've never met him. <clears throat> See, that's yeah. That, that sounds about right because people who live in Powell's Verdes do not leave the hill. Well, no, they do not it, come it, off the well, hill. It's it's just that. It, he got in a fight with my dad before I was born, and I never mm-hmm. met him. That's so. crazy. Oh, jeez. That's selfish. Damn. Well, go ahead. What it sounds like some Palos Verdes mentality. Like, <laughs> I met him one time when he came to my grandmother's funeral. So he, I mean, sorry, my, my grandfather's funeral. Mm-hmm. So he could squirrel in with my grandmother and get her to rewrite the will. So wow. She, she could wow. Get wow. That's how he got the house in Palos Verdes. So you grew up in Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, nobody in my family is in the entertainment business. Mm. Like, literally nobody. So this is a, a, a new venture for myself and whoever <laughs> follows behind me. Right. Um, <clears throat> but to answer your question, I got started when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, random call comes into my parents one day. Mm-hmm. Management company calls saying like, hey, we think your son would be fantastic as a young performer. Uh, would you love for him to audition? My parents are looking at me like, what the hell? Where did this call come from? You know, yeah. you do. Yeah, exactly. And 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 nobody knows. They they said it was a, a relative who had recommended me, and it took several years for us to find out who that relative was. It ended up being my cousin, really, uh, who had marked my name down at one of those like mall kiosks mm-hmm. and basically recommended me. But again, they're using you know fake initials, so <laughs> I have no clue who this is, right? right? But anyway, we tried it. Okay. And and this is at the stage where uh, I thought I was going to be a cartoon artist. Hmm. Uh, my dad, is a, he's a mechanical engineer for HVAC. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, very precise pencils, pens, everything mm-hmm. of that nature. So that's what I thought the pathway I was following under. Okay. Uh, didn't really mess with sports. Hated it. Couldn't right. stand it. <laughs> <laughs> was, wasn't my thing. I was, I was totally like a, a, a sci-fi computer engineer geek. That's what I thought my pathway you, was. You in be. the room where it happens right now, like. right? Exactly. So, so with that being said, you know, uh, get this opportunity. I go in to uh, do the audition showcase, and I couldn't tell you what the character was about. I remember us doing improv, uh, and it was the first moment that I've ever felt within my career before I even knew what it was, where I just blacked out performance-wise. Mm. You know, it, I was just there mm. within the moment, just performing, and as a shy kid. 
And I think that's a very important detail. Uh, super, super shy. Yeah. My mom would always say, like, I'd hide behind her leg, you know, anytime <laughs> she would introduce me to somebody. You know, I, I, I wasn't comfortable uh, being in front of people. Mm -hmm. And that was the first moment uh, that I felt like I could actually express myself. Mm. Nice. Okay. Now. I relate to this. Yes, understood. Yes. The management company ended up being a scam. I was going to say. Oh, the manager, yeah. It, it came out the mall. It came out the mall. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You see it. You see it a mile away if you know. Yeah. If you know, right? But we didn't Welcome know. Welcome to Faces International. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, 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 no. We didn't know. And I'm not going to mention their name. It's okay. It's I don't okay. even know if they're still around anymore. Um, I said it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but my parents lost a lot of money. They lost uh, $3,500 right at the gate. Facts. Um, but they were extremely supportive. I owe a lot to my parents just for being there, just mm -hmm. for supporting not only myself, but, you know, my siblings and, and, and you know, again, minority uh, household. Right. I had both my parents. I was already blessed. Me too. You yep. know? Right yep. on. Give me some pound. Yep. I, was, I was the only person in my entire neighborhood who I knew who had his mother and dad. Really? And I knew everybody. It, it makes a difference. My like, age. Yeah. You know, and all the kids my age. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, anybody yeah. else. They all came to my house. It, but it, go ahead, finish your thought. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, that that's a beautiful thing, and and we could touch on that in yeah. a minute. But that that was a beautiful thing for me that I, you know, really, uh, I'm really grateful for in my life. With that being said, uh, they lost the money, and they said, Denzel, do you still want to do this? Oh, really? And, and my mom, you know, again, she, I, I owe a lot to that woman because mm. at that time she was holding down like two jobs, then it went to one job. She mm. was a general manager over at Ralph's, worked there for 20 some odd years every single day in the hood, you know what I mean? Been involved in like three robberies at gunpoint wow. and still found a way to get me to my audition, still found a way mm. to, you know, help me with my career. And eventually, as I got older, right around the time of middle school, mm -hmm. I remember, I think this was post 9-11. Mm -hmm. uh, it was her last robbery she is involved <clears throat> in and she made a decision to, to you know, uh, commit full time to being at home with, with, you know, me and my sister. Mm -hmm. My dad was basically holding down the house at the time and, and from then on, that's when she was just taking me audition, audition, audition. So to rewind back real quick, once we lost the money, uh, she asked me, did I, did I really want to take this serious? And I said, yeah. So we find out about background work. Mm -hmm. You know, that's usually everybody's foray into <clears throat> yeah. acting. Background work. It's great experiences for people. People don't like it. So oh, my God. People don't like it, but you at least get the experience of, oh, these are where everything is. That's where yeah. the loading is. That's, you get the sense of how it all works. How it works. It's a great, yeah. it's a great it's look such, at behind the scenes. Yeah. People don't like it when they're older right. doing it because they're out here and they want to be doing it, doing yes. it, mm -hmm. not doing it. But as a kid, with no experience, right. it's, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah. But I mean, no matter how grueling it is for any stage, you mm -hmm. know, I don't care what job you involve yourself in, you still have to do the grunt work. You That's still have right. to do the bare level minimum, you know what I mean? Just to understand the mechanics, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, that was me getting my introduction into Hollywood. Uh, right out the gate, my first background job was training day. Right out really? the gate. My first background job, it was a background <laughs> role. Mm -hmm. uh, what ended up happening was my naive young self shows up <laughs> on set. Denzel Washington's talking to me. He's showing me the guns. He's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. so your name is Denzel too, huh? You know, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, sure. And I'm yeah. 10. What the, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> you know, I'm staring around. I see lights. I see cameras. Uh, you know, Antoine, he's, he's mm -hmm. directing us and whatnot. So uh, <clears throat> we begin rolling the scene. And he's coming down the hallway at gunpoint and he keeps asking me questions, which mm -hmm. you could see in the film. And so I just responded like, yeah, no, et cetera. Hmm. Few months later, that same production company ends up calling uh, my parents back and they're like, hey, so your son 
was saying words in every single take, and he wasn't supposed to do that as a background oh, actor. Really? <laughs> you were talking, but, <laughs> right? But but since he did, now we have to bump his role really? up. Really? Yeah. Sad, right? They kept yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how I got my first on-screen cre- uh, credit was through Training wow. Day. Yeah. Interesting. That's and then, a big ass movie too. Yeah, that's listen, that, that, Oscar-winning film. Totally, Oscar winning totally. film at the age of 10 I'm sitting there watching the screening of it mm-hmm. um, I think it was over at the DGA building we went to go watch the screen and I'm thinking to myself like oh shit I was in that there's guns <laughs> sex and violence at the age of 10 wait, wait, and my wait, parents wait, is taking wait, me wait, wait, at 10 yeah. they took you to see training day yeah, because my parents were <laughs> proud of it. So here I am sitting in the audience, and you know, Denzel is getting all intimate with uh, <laughs> with Eva uh, Mendes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this is fantastic. This is, this is Hollywood. All right, I made it. Yeah, because you always saw the pieces you were in. You didn't know. I didn't know what the rest was happening. Yeah. 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 And I'm not going to speak on how production went, but sure, that was a long day of filming. Yeah. And, you know, there's rules and regulations we weren't yes. necessarily privy to yes. at the age. So yes, we're in Nickerson Garden. I mean, you know. <laughs> exactly. I, I already knew here's one thing at the age of 10 I already knew I had no business being in Nickerson Garden where there were guns <laughs> and, and actual gangs so I was out of there yeah that's hilarious that's how I got my start man thank you we got we got some amazing Brazilian Woo! Uh, filmmakers in town Eduardo uh, Papi People. how do you say it People. People. oh so we've been saying it wrong it's interesting. <laughs> we we sorry to interrupt you. We sure. ha, we have a character. We're do, I don't know if you guys know with Mauricio. And I, we're doing a um, we're doing a um, uh, capoeira movie yeah. in Brazil, and one of the guys we have is the father, and we call him Poppy. We have so Poppy too. there is a Poppy too. Yeah, but Poppy's, it's Poppy's like a father, like, like daddy. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why he calls him that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ha. Interesting. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Eduardo. Octavio and what did you say it again? People. people. Yeah. Like people. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for hanging, man. Thank you. Um, so we're hanging with Denzel hey Whitaker, everybody. So they, they're just joining, hanging, and listening with us and stuff. Uh, where were we? Oh, so we're on training day. Yes. Cool. So you went to the screening. Mm-hmm. You finally saw the movie. Was like, holy crap, I was in that movie. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out Denzel wins the freaking Oscar for it. Crazy. 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 Wild. I mean, right out the gate, you don't understand. King Kong ain't got <laughs> nothing on me. Just so you know. Let me, let me put it this way, though. I'm so thankful, again, for the age at which I got into the business. Because none of that matters at that age. You know, the accolades, the award season. Like, you don't really know the significance of any of it. You just get to play. You just get to have imagination. And I think that's so important. Um and it's weird because a lot of people ask me, like, if I were to have kids today, would I put them in at the same age? Mm. And I don't know if I would. Mm. But I do think there is a merit to getting in uh, at an early age before you really have to, like, depend on this. Well, let me just ask you why you, why, why you would say you don't know if you would, though. Because we know Hollywood. Okay. And 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 uh, I started acting when I was twelve too. Sure, so, you know around that age. No, I yeah. think I think if we're being you know truthfully honest, we know Hollywood and we know that um, it's not pretty. It's it, it's a business right. first and foremost. Um, it it it's a lot of vanity that's involved. And then again, like people, uh, when you work with powerful people, there are powerful plays being made, and you know, of course, there's the uh, the deceitfulness and and right. you know the treachery that comes with that. It's so. Not- Pretty. Yeah, it's it's. I, I wouldn't do it unless, like, say for so, if I had my kid in the business, I was there with them. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with... So say, you want to be the dadager, right? I don't even want to be the dadager. <laughs> no, I want to make sure my child uh, uh, 
gets to experience what they need to experience, okay. but also still be a child. Right. Yeah, because you know see, what I mean. Here's the thing, right? Most parent, you know, this thing with the momager and thing like that, everything mm-hmm. like that. That mother ha- has got no idea what the game is about. Yeah, no, you not know? at all. Not at all. You do know what the game is about. So yeah. there's a different. So if you bring in your child. You'd have a different understanding than almost anybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, look, I'm sure there's a big chunk of um, parents who, their, you know, if they were working in the business and 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 their kids get in, the parents give them the kind of like uh, uh, the shortcuts, sure, you know, and the perspective, you sure. know, that you know that, and and look, and there's a lot of people. Who we know who are the children of celebrities, they know how to like, you know, um, to maneuver in a way that you know that that cuts down the friction in their career. You know what? Let me let me frame it for you this way, right? I'm gonna start with this: if you never had money, you don't know what to do with it once you get it, right? Fact. That's step number one. Number two. Um, Number two, I put it like this, right? I've worked with some of those producers who have gotten, you know, called out during the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I've never had to deal with that. Why? Because I had a strong black mother who was standing in the corner being like, uh-uh, nope, Denzel, come back over here. <laughs> First of all, you know, right, that, 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 right. that was a part of my life, right? But secondly, uh, being removed in Palos Verdes, which for those who aren't familiar, it's about like an hour south of the city. Yeah. So my friends were the friends that I grew up with from elementary school. I knew them all the way through middle school, high school. So there was a certain humility that came with that every time I had to go back home mm-hmm. because it's not industry adjacent or, or around within the bubble out here. Right. You can get so caught up within the bubble and so many of my friends were on like hot Disney shows and Nickelodeon mm-hmm. shows and whatnot. But I remember even at an early age, we were getting into shit that we had no business getting into, mm. right? And and it's so commonplace because you know the parents are working, you know, striving just to keep their kid out here because they know it's the dream and then they know they uprooted the family out here and a lot of times sometimes young children can get their career and then now all of a sudden you're financing the family so the family looks at you like okay well let's just keep keep the kid happy you know what I mean because they're bringing in the income right now which we can't sustain on our own so yeah our kid might be falling to the wayside but it's okay because they're helping us so we're gonna try to like rear them the best we can but we don't really have any control over them right right and right there's that there's you said great thing about the family's been uprooted and comes out here so there's there's no kind of other kind of like infrastructure none what's going on the kids your friends aren't there the the friends of the parents the friends of the kids are all back in you know what my friend said yesterday he said he grew up in South Africa Mississippi because it's so (laughs) racist (laughs) (laughs) wow but that's a good line uh, that's That's a great line that's That's a great line but uh, but yeah, but it's like but 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 that's an interesting point that you, that that if you had to go back home down to Palos Verdes, it takes you out of it the in the right way. Sure, and and know? and as adults, like as adults, at least you have the option to pick your tribe, right? Yeah. As kids, a lot of times you're just grouped by age. Yeah. And I remember being a part of you know great communities like the Actors Funds and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, the Actors Fund through a SAG after where they would get kids together of similar age and you know we would do events and stuff when we're young as uh, young performers but again we're all hanging out industry adjacent so then we start seeing each other in the auditions and you know how the parents are they're like oh well you gotta go in and get this job right. and you gotta be on your, your P's and Q's and whatnot. Don't so there's that talk to him. competitive Ooh, yeah. nature that you're instilling within the kids at a very very young age yeah. you know what I mean so all of a sudden it's like kill or be killed Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and again, if I were to have my children within the business, I would just want to at least be there, especially having the experience that I've had and be like, at the end of the day, none of this shit matters. Mm. If you love it, you love it. If you don't, we're getting right out of it. Yeah. 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 I like that, because I remember I was one of the few people I would go on audition and be like, yo, D, you'd be perfect for this. You should come with right. me. Most How rare is that? that. Most people don't. Yeah. It's still who I am today. Right. You know what I mean? Most people would not do that. Everybody's like, I'm, I'm not going to. Denzel was in that other movie. I'm not going to let him come. I'm like, no, dude, you go. You would kill this thing. Like, I. that's just how I think. I would much rather see my friend yeah. star in it, get the role, whatever, than somebody I don't know. I've met some of it's my a weird thing. I met some of my best friends in this industry. Some of, some of the people I actually legitimately call my brothers mm-hmm. because it was like we would walk into the same auditions and I'd be like, "Yo, Maestro, Maestro right, Harrell, Maestro, yeah. one of my good friends." It's like, "Yo, man, I see you all the time. Like, why don't we actually hang out? Mm-hmm. Like, you're a cool dude. Mm-hmm. I know you would be great for this. To be honest, I'm I'm not really great for this. You know when <laughs> yeah, a role you know. is for you, right? Yes, for sure. That's the thing. You spend enough years in this business, you know when it's yours, it's right. yours, and when it's not, like go ahead go do something else but again that that desperation that sets in within this business and we'll kind of get to mm-hmm. it you got to start playing other avenues like jump behind the camera do other things you know yep. uh, uh, really surround yourself within the art don't just prey upon uh, acting in itself because that desperation then all of a sudden yeah you it's hard for you to make friends because nice. you don't really understand like that job wasn't for you nah. so again I made some of my best friends within this industry just being like yo brother yo have you heard about this project go mm-hmm. out for it man mm-hmm. you know what Oh, you you seen that? I got that one. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how can we grow together? Yeah. You know what I mean? Facts. Yeah, it's interesting because <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's something that the acting teacher that I work with he says that a lot. He's always talking about when he's talking to the classes because I like direct the Beverly Hills Playhouse, the mm-hmm. advanced class. They he's always talking about there's a role for you you have to know what is that's good casting for you mm-hmm. you just can't go for every role that's out now your people are going to send you out to whenever they see stuff hey there's a, there's a black guy in his, thir- in his 20s late <laughs> exactly. 30s let's send you out of course and you're like course, okay but what is this role now you get it oh i can't do this mm-hmm. yeah I can't. <laughs> you know but you know but you might say but you know who can but 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 you have to have the humility to know that and you and then you can't invest in a role just because you just because you're all you have that audition doesn't mean that you're right for it so then you can't get all bent out of shape if you don't get it you know because like you but know let me you let aren't. me let me change that around it's the same thing for a writer mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I tell writers this all the time sometimes your especially us as black folks and people of color your agents will be just like oh they're looking for a Brazilian writer <laughs> right you're like but I don't I didn't grow up in that neighborhood i grew up over there it's like i don't that's the east coast hip-hop thing this is west coast you yeah, know it's yeah. different yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean yes it's in the same world but the whole lingo and the words that they say it's just gonna be different let, let me let me tell you two yeah, stories ahead. right real quick <laughs> this is a funny one but i do think there's a there's a flip side to this conversation as well right so my agent within the last like year or two and i've really been trying to be more decisive in terms of where i want to take my career right. you know I, 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 I'm so proud of the resume that I have thus far and again I, I credit that to God right because yeah. God has been putting me in the roles that I need mm-hmm. to be in my agent sends me out for you know the new Mike Tyson series right. on Hulu Yeah, I remember getting that audition and there's a Michael Jackson project being done right now mm-hmm. where they send me that audition as well now I get really excited when the, <laughs> when the email comes in so I immediately open up my phone and I read like 
young Mike Tyson needs to be <laughs> 200 and some pounds. Five, seven, That's five, when eight, I go right? look at myself in the mirror and I said, how the hell am I going to play? First of all, I look nothing like Mike Tyson. Right. The same with they're looking for Michael Jackson off the wall. <laughs> Got to be able to dance and hold a tune. Wow. I know my ass can't sing. I know if I was Michael Jackson, do you know how many people I would disappoint? <laughs> how, many, how many people I admire who would be like, Denzel, what the fuck were you doing in that? <laughs> Denzel, who, who, who gave you the yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who greenlit that for you? Right. And now they're going to start asking questions. Like, is it nepotism or what? Wow. Where it's like, I have to call my agent. And again, like you said, that's their job. You know, they want to get the role for you. Obviously, you never know what's yours until it's yours. But come on, dog. Like, I they, there's so many people I feel like I would let down. Yes. If I tried to take take on that role, right? Mm-hmm. Now the flip side of this conversation is sometimes you will have it within your heart where you know a project is for you. For sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll, it that project might swing around once, it might swing around twice, and you're like, ah, I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. But you just put it on tape. That happened recently. I just shot a project in North Carolina called The Angry Black Girl and a Monster. Mm-hmm. And one of the things for Good me title. is... I like that. It's, it's a really yeah. interesting title. Mm-hmm. Young up-and-coming writer-director. He mm-hmm. uh, he finally got a shot. His name is uh, Bomani Story, right? Good. So proud of this brother. He's been writing this since the age of 19. He's 33 now, right? Wow. And during the pandemic, Crip TV decided to greenlit uh, his first feature, and it's going to okay. be their first domestic feature as well. Nice. So with that being said, when I first read the character, it was about this hood cat, mm-hmm. you know, like a black captain. And for me, one of the things that uh, I, I'm really uh, adamant about is not seeing the depiction of us, you know, within the hood or mm-hmm. slavery. That's yeah. just something I don't necessarily get down with. Like, it has to have some sort of justification for me to take on that yeah. role. So I, I looked at the email first and I said, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't want to do this, right? And then I called my agent. I'm like, you know, so, so what's behind it? Who are the key players? You know, mm-hmm. where's the merit here? And uh, it, it just happened one weekend. It kept pressing, pressing in my mind, and I'm just thinking to myself, "All right, well, let me take a look at the role, right?" And I'm looking at, I'm looking at the sides, and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, this is stereotypical. Okay, so how do I change this? How do I make mm. it so he's not just the stereotypical like hood captain?" Right. And it was one of those things, something that I did where you know I just kind of played it cunning. I I played it almost like um like Idris Elba in The Wire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blanking on the character name right now. Oh, Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. Stringer yeah. Bell exactly. Thank you. So I played it, you know, from that from that perspective where it's just like a cat who was really intelligent, but by mm-hmm. circumstances, this At is night, what he was doing. And college and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and, and that was one of the things that me and the director connected on most because okay. he said everybody was coming in playing too type. Mm. And, you know, he had wrote it like this. Um, so again, sometimes you never know. There could be those opportunities where you might get the role and it's just like, all right, well, what can I do here that's right. different? How but, can I insert myself but here? See, the smart thing about what you're saying to me is, is that... You know, because, like, I write and direct, right? Yeah. And it's, like, the thing that I love the most is when an actor comes in and does a take on the role in the audition that is not exactly what's on the page. It's not, mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. not, oh, it's not the the stereotype of what the page. I'm not saying I'm writing stereotype, but it's, like, hey, you read this, and, oh, this is what you want. Like, hey, this is a, you know, it's, like, is it too starchy? Is it too upper crust? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it shows me that, like, you thought about it as an actor and said what's a different spin on this yeah because there's a way now granted maybe i want you to do it the way it's written and you should be doing it like you're saying like i want it blah 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 to be exactly the way the type that is that you read it right at the top of the page but if you come in and give me something to think about 
as the as the director. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, oh, you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, okay. You're Let's thinking. Let's get in. Let's get in. I have, I have okay. a question for you though. See, from the writer director perspective though, do you want that for your lead cast? Because say for so you write like a guest star, or a co-star, right? Sometimes you want the the co-star, or the guest star, which is more like a smaller mm-hmm. role, just to facilitate within that episode or within that show. You know what I mean? It's not right. So sometimes you almost want it to type yeah. just because that character needs to motivate the story. So when do you give the the uh, license and the agency to that actor to come in and sort of flip the script? Well, he, here's the, the thing I'm saying is I might need you to do it to, like in terms of like, hey, fastball down the middle when we do the actual project, right? Mm-hmm. But in the audition, if you come in and throw something different at me, then I'm like, you know, like you want to play yeah you like to play yeah you engage your own mind and, and not just give me what i want which, which means that as a filmmaker i can work with you yeah i can yeah, give yeah. you a line reading a one time hey you know what we do what we'll do <clears throat> just for this take right here you know and it was because i'm thinking about how it's all going to edit together i might need a you know or like or this part it, it's it's like I want to give you as much license as possible you know mm-hmm. like within what we're with the framework we're trying to do because i feel like what is most effective in any acting and any storytelling is when you're surprised. Very true. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Because when we were discussing, I remember I was reading this thing that um, uh, Ber- uh, Bernardo Bertolucci used to say when he, you know, last time going to Paris and uh, uh, the fuck, last Emperor stuff like that. He, he would say sometimes, he just come to the set and he would just say, surprise me. Hmm. That's his only direction. That's a good one. Surprise me. Mm, it's a great one. You know, because then it's like, okay, now you got, because I've thought about the movie for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. So have you. Yeah. So, and and the audience is going to know the flow of the story anyway. Because sure, we know sure. how stories play. Right. So if you can surprise me, you know, and the, thing, and the director is like the first audience to mm-hmm. determine. Mm-hmm. So if he or she is surprised, the audience could be surprised. Because you know, I was, we were talking about the other day, just want to you remember Girl Interrupted? Yeah, of course. Yeah. With the um, first time you you really, really saw um, Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. right? You never knew what the fuck she was going to do next from moment to moment. You never knew. Right. Because she was trying to like, like keep everyone off balance. James Zine had that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that mm-hmm. sense of, oh, I don't know where you're going to go, right. mm-hmm. you know, is, 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 is amazing. So Yeah, characters that actually last with you. So, ah, oh, man. Let me, let, me, let me just say this sure, one thing sure, please. Quick. Here's what I was going to say. The roles that I got when I was an actor, mm-hmm. I got a lot more TV stuff than I did film stuff. But here's what would happen. I came from theater, right? I was a trained actor. Here's what would happen. I would go in and I would go, oh, I'm going to do this like as if it's a theater on purpose. Yeah. So you know I'm going to be a little bigger yeah, yeah, when yeah. I do it. So I'm going to make the, the cast director go, whoa. <laughs> okay. You're a theater guy. Bring it down. Let, let me see if you could do it like this. It was purposely. And yeah. then I would go, boom. Right? Yeah. On purpose. Just so they could see me do this. Right. What I wanted them to do is what I do with actors when I'm in casting sessions now, and I've done a lot of them. I want to see Q take direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they immediately go, oh, you're so great at taking direction. First thing out of the mouth. Yeah. Right? I figured that out. Now, that doesn't work today because you guys are just sending in what you're doing. Right. So you got to be on point the first time. Oh, boy. It's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a process. Self-tape, self-tape is hard. The self-tape, self-tape game. Yeah. Yeah. Self-tape is some shit. Yeah. 
Now, let me just ask you guys really quick, uh, you Brazilian guys over there. You guys, are you when you casting for your movies, are you casting, are people sending in tapes or are you seeing them in person? Depends. Both ways. Both, both ways. Okay. Okay, I'm just curious. All right. We'll get into that later. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. They send it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. COVID. What were we going to say? Oh, I forgot the thought. Let's see. Oh. Where, where, where do I we want to spend from? We were talking about subtapes. Do you know what it was? I, I was thinking of um, when you were saying just surprise me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. There's a there's a moment, and, and I sort of took this as a, a lesson from Nolan. He was on a podcast recently, and mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, like that moment where an actor is just committed, where they're yeah. just, you know. Uh, they're uh, in it. They're in it mm-hmm. for that moment, right? And I find an experience that like I love working with the director and we sort of crack and nail the character and you know, we get the takeout and maybe we'll do the general wide or whatever and right. you're you're just sort of uh putting the clothes on, putting the skin on. And then finally when the director says, like, I think we got it, I'll maybe always try to ask for one more take, or we'll be in such a flow where I'll be like, No, 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 no we gotta do that again, right? And that's the moment where you just clear your head because you already know like uh, uh, how would you say uh, you already know the regiment of the scene you already know like the beats how to do it and then that's where you just break the walls off right you know what I mean I love that moment well see that to me is the thing that <clears throat> I love that moment in film too because if the if if the if the director is like okay got it in the can moving on mm-hmm. oh wait let's do one more one more one more there's no expectation yeah for anybody so you, like you said, like you're way loose. All the, the your like your muscles are looser now because mm-hmm. it's like if it doesn't work, we already got it and we're ready to go. You know, you know there's a but safety measure. A, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's different when they say let's do one more for safety right. as opposed to let's do one more because something's missing. Because yeah. no, because we just want to like play. Yeah, and oh, yeah, yeah, see yeah. how and well. See I do. I when I direct, I give people a gimme. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Mm-hmm. I see your instincts start to be this is a little funnier. Let's try one. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm gonna give you one. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just do what you want to do. And and it, it, it's both sides because now being, you know, on, on both sides of the camera, I can see it in the actor mm-hmm. where they're not given enough and it's just like, throw the fucking script out the door. At that point, I don't really care what the script is. Mm. I know that you know this much about the character where right. you know where it needs to go. I will rein you back in and get the story right, beats. Right. I just need you to relax. Mm. And then there's the part of an actor where I know if I'm staring here and here, I'm all about what's happening within the eyes. Do mm-hmm. I feel it? Right. And I can know when I'm when I'm technically aware, and I can know when I'm, you know, perfectly synced in with the other actor. Right. I think that just comes. That's from the chemistry exper- thing too. Exactly. Yeah. That that just comes from experience. That yeah. just comes from being on set. Right. And I'll know where a director will get a take out of me, and they will love it. They will think it's you know, perfect to a T. Get mm-hmm. everything they want, and I will challenge the director sometimes. And you know, you got to know your place. But yeah. I will challenge the director and be like, listen, please. I know what the time is. I know the first AD over there is looking at their watch, going, "Hey, we got to move on. Give me one more." Right. And I and I'll I'll share a story because this just actually right, recent, uh, happened on the film that we were doing. <clears throat> so me and Bomani are going back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's the last day. It, it's my actual, uh, last actual shoot day, and we had a whole stunt sequence that we needed to get through. Okay. But I know there was this pivotal moment where I'm supposed to challenge, um, basically my my um, how would you call it? my main muscle in the group, right? And this is somebody I'm going up against. And I knew as a brother, he was a little bit untrained as an actor, right? Mm -hmm. So he wasn't necessarily giving me the challenge in the scene. Mm -hmm. And in response, I Mm -hmm. was kind of being like, hey man, Mm -hmm. can we just improv? Can we just improv? And he wasn't necessarily getting there yet. Mm -hmm. 
And I know we're running short on time, so Bomani over here is looking at the clock. The first AD is really hounding him. Yeah, sure. Like, we got to move on before lunch, otherwise we're never going to make our day. Exactly. So we get the scene, and Bomani's trying to, like, compress everything. So he's like, hey, I know this is a wide. Just step right in. I'm going to have the camera move in. So he's just trying to compress setups just mm -hmm. so we could get through our day. He gets the scene. He says, okay, we're moving on. And something within my heart, I was like, <laughs> so already they're starting to move the camera and I knew as soon as they move the camera I gotta say something yep. otherwise it's gonna be too late Bomani can I talk to you real quick my man listen give me one more hmm. he says are you serious I'm like yeah when, when I first got the job you told me if any point I ever felt this let me ask for one more I'm challenging you right now can I ask for one more he says sure let me go talk to my man over here right so I go talk to my man who, who I'm doing the role with mm -hmm. I said hey listen I just need you to dance with me right now I just need you to follow me. I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to say some shit that's probably going to hurt. I just need you to roll with me. Mm. Don't get the fucking script out of your head, right? Right. He said, all right, cool. I'm going to trust you. So I came at him. <laughs> I came at him with this energy because it's not only our last take, but like the, the anxiety starts to build in you right. because I just asked for this, right? Mm -hmm. And it's perfect because this is a high stakes scene. Everything is on this moment and this basically tears apart our friendship. Right. And that's what we did. Mm. As soon as I gave him that look, I saw something transform in his eyes. His name mm. is Keith. I saw something transform in his eyes, and I had never seen that the entire time we've been shooting. We've been shooting for three <laughs> weeks straight. Bomani comes up to me afterwards when we're at lunch, and he just says, thank you. Mm. He was like, I'm so glad you asked for that additional take. Right. And I, you, you can feel it as a performer. Totally. But you have to... It, it's a give or take, and for anybody who's like a novice actor out there or something who's listening to like, be like, oh, I'm a challenge the director. No, don't always do that. You have to know, yeah. you know the place and time, but yeah. you can really feel when you're connected in a scene and when you're not delivering yeah. the truth. And let you me know? just add this. The worst actor is the one who every scene thinks they need to do that. No, That's you don't need to horrible. do that every scene. You don't need no, to do that. No, it's not yeah. that. It's that, look, you were able, this is the game I said about like, if you do right in the audition and the director knows, oh, this person's smart. Yeah. Is, and as smart as that I don't mean like it's like your acting your acting IQ is high right. is, is that is that you're like okay I've been working with this guy for three weeks this guy Keith this is not just a critical scene it's a critical scene in the script so we gotta gotta get it in a way that's gonna explode and it's not quite there and, it, and, and, and you know as the actor I could explode more because yeah. the thing that you said a really really good thing that a lot of people a, a lot of actors don't get it's never about you it's about what you give to the other actor Facts. it's about what because they then play off of that it's mm -hmm. that, re re that reciprocity so you were like mm -hmm. I wasn't getting it yeah. how, how can I organize the event so I can get what I need yeah. which means yeah, I gotta yeah. poke you in the wrong way mm -hmm. so yeah. it comes back at me so that I can like cause you, that's smart that's yeah. very that's thinking. That's what you want as the filmmakers, actors like that because you're like, oh shit, now because I don't because like I know what I want, but then you get but the beauty of it all was when you was with the uh, is the unexpected, but it's yeah. also the, the surprise me. He right. was because, also because then because your boy Bomani was like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, you know he was, you know he was. Yeah, like, yeah. What what I heard was so were you like the the like the leader of this crew? Yeah, I was the leader so, of this crew. Okay. Here's what I was thinking was there's two things. It's like when you're like top of the call sheet, you know, you set a precedence. Mm -hmm. And then if you're the leader of a crew and you guys are always on screen together, they need to show a certain respect to you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you need, they need to be open to you in a certain type of way. Yeah. So, so you're showing leadership right. by even using the fact of here we are acting. 
you know, I need you guys to do it like this so that we all shine. It's not just about me, you know, yeah, I've been in some movies, it ain't about that. This is about all of us. Let me help you get to that place, you know, because the director don't have the time all the time. Not all the time, and I think it's, it's, it's I love what you said about, like, uh, just, just the IQ of, of filmmaking in general. Right. Like, one of the uh, best lessons I learned, um, like you said, Hilliard, is, is being the top of the call sheet, right? Mm -hmm. That comes with a certain responsibility. Totally. It really does, um, and I'm so grateful for for knowing the other side of the camera, because again, I can always be aware of what's happening. If I know we got this this uh, excuse me this many scenes that we got to get through through, through the day, right? Mm -hmm. It's a 12 hour day. We're all counting the same clock. Yep. I'm looking at the setups, and I'm taking track or or taking you know balance of everything that's happening or mm -hmm. transpiring. I want to make everybody's job easier. Right. So if I know we're behind in our days, let me get my ass over to sound department so I can get mic'd up. Let me make sure I'm already in costume. You can help Let them. me make sure that I'm not the last person you're depending yep. on. And if I know, again, it's a high stakes scene or whatnot, mm -hmm. and you know these two actors need to, need to be riled up, okay, well, this isn't the day we need to be joking around or right. playing on our phones or whatnot. Let's mm -hmm. seriously lock in and commit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And again, that just comes from experience. That's something that I learned over time. I always wanted to be prepared. Right. Um, but once I jumped behind the camera, I just started you know, taking track of how things unfold on a set. Right. Um, and, and, and when you're number one on the call sheet, you, you wanna uh, uh, be aware of all of that. You definitely do. Facts. You know, it only helps the ship. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, uh, we're jumping a little bit to where you are now, but let me just go back to, <clears throat> so I've talked about this a couple times on this show in the last eight years or whatever we've been doing the show. Here's the funny thing. People always ask me like, oh, you still got a good look. Are you acting anymore? I'm like, oh God, no. <laughs> like not doing that anymore. But there's two movies yeah. that I wish I was in. Okay. Uh, uh, your boy's role, Nate's role in Great Debaters. Yeah, yeah. And what's the other, there was something else. Oh, the other one is theater. Every time I see okay. Hamilton, I wish I was mm. um, Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. Otherwise, I don't miss acting at all. Because, okay. and you know this being a writer, as a writer, we're, we're acting all the time. And I'm the type of dude when nobody's, I'm up on my feet. I'm playing sure. the roles when I'm writing and stuff like that. So I never miss it per se. Because yeah. I'm like, why would I do this role when Denzel can do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Somebody who wants to do it, you know? Yeah, I could play it, but I don't, eh. I'd right. be better over here producing it. You know, how many times have we worked on things where people are like, Hillary, you should direct this. No, 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 no. We need my dude, Chris. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to direct it. Let me produce it. I'm better at that. You know, mm -hmm. know your lane is my thing. And you put know the I mean? story first. Facts. Totally. At the end of the day, it's not always about you. It's yeah. about putting the story first. It's yeah. never about you. It's about yeah. the project. You yeah. know when it's, look, you know when the project's bad because, so, you know, you know my whole thing about, they always say that, that no one sets out to make a, a bad movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a damn lie. A lot of people do sit out to make a bad movie. <laughs> oh, they do because yeah. maybe it's because yeah. they don't want because they, they don't put a story first. Like to them, it could be the fact that I'm making a movie sure. is what's going first. Mm -hmm. Sure. As opposed to is this the right movie to be is this the right version of the script? Is there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's other reasons why that they're doing it that aren't necessary story first and mm -hmm. i you know i mean we we see all the time we see it right. all the time you i want to jump back it's okay, okay. Yeah, yeah well i was gonna say you know interesting story to that a lot of people ask me um so the the recent short film that i wrote and directed called 5150 mm -hmm. something i've been working on probably since 2016 send it to me let me take a look at it. huh 
Send to it. Let's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to send it to you guys. All right. So I've been working on it since like 2016, 2017, right? Okay. Now, during the pandemic, we got the opportunity to shoot this. Okay. Uh, like, literally, as soon as lockdown happened in March, for some reason, me and my producer were like, oh, man, you know, we should we should probably try to fundraise this right now. <laughs> There's nobody on the streets. Let's do right. it. No, nobody's spending money. Let's try to see if we could actually gain money. Uh, we we ended up uh, fundraising $33,000 nice. through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, twenty five, I believe, privately through private equity. Nice. And we just went out and shot it. Uh, executive produced with David Ayello, starring Javon Adepo. Okay. Love the project. We're see, right I, now. See, I, I just threw out that name. I love over. Javon. <laughs> Javon's great. He's yeah, fucking oh, cool. He's great. I know him as a person, yeah. but I love him as an actor. Yeah. Oh, man. You should, you, should ask, <laughs> you should ask him about this role. Okay. <laughs> I challenged him on it. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll put it this way, right? A lot of people always ask me why I didn't star in 5150. For me, number one, uh, I was playing the music video game at the time, really trying to build up my directing credits. Right. And I've been behind the camera since 2011, so you guys do the math out right. there, right? As soon as I got out of high school. Um, and I was feeling this this strife uh, that I kept wanting to put narrative uh, uh, narrative storylines into music videos and they weren't like being we used received. to do in the 80s and shit yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly nine and nine instead they want rapper shot number five in front of the lamborghini <laughs> like this is great but can i be on the can i be at the jewelry store just standing on the counter no no, no this, this has nothing to do with this love story yeah. what are you talking about so 50 51 50 was was an opportunity for me to really uh showcase you know my skill set behind the camera mm-hmm so a lot of people are like well why weren't you in front of the camera well if i'm in front and behind the camera one of them's gonna suffer facts and if we're on such a tight schedule with a tight budget, yep. you know what I mean? I would rather you guys see the voice that I'm trying to put on screen first, and then we can move in that. Yep. You know, I think there needs to be some sort of accountability, and I really do respect the uh, actor-director relationship because yep. I think it's important. You know, both sides need to have their checks and balances. Javon is fantastic. This is the first time Javon had taken on such a, uh egoic, you know, uh, boisterous character of this mm-hmm. nature. And because, like you said, Hillier, I had been writing it for so long, mm-hmm. and I knew the core of the character. Every day when Javon lost his voice, I lost my voice. Really? When he cried, I cried. Really? Because we had to go in there and challenge each other as actors. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. There would be times where, like, uh, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, where he just wasn't getting it. I'd say, Javon, step over here, right? Hmm. Let's go over the lines. You give them to me. I'm going to play the opposite. Okay, now I'm going to give them to you. And we would just go back and mm. forth and just spar with each other until I got him to a level he needed to be in. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just go release him mm. and then let him do his thing. Nice. You know, um, and I think that's, that's one of the skill sets that, that you know, I, I, I guess I take pride in as, a, as an actor is mm-hmm. that I can do that with my other actors. I can tell when you're bullshitting me or not. Facts. You know what I mean? Totally agree with you. Yeah. Totally. Anytime I'm directing, I see it a mile away. I'm oh like, man, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't was, give me technique. <laughs> give yeah. me something real. I was yeah. working with, um, you know, Kareem Grimes. I was working with mm-hmm. Kareem <clears throat> on, uh, like, I gave him his first role without even auditioning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lead role, by yeah. the way, in one of my first projects, and we were doing the rehearsals, and because I like to rehearse, because I come from theater. Mm-hmm. And there was this scene where he was supposed to have this emotional moment. Uh, this therapist, you know, touches him on his heart and he finally lets go. Mm. And I couldn't get him there. And I was like, Something, something's not right. So I'm, I told him something. I can't remember what I said, but I'll never forget. Once I clicked into this moment that I told him and we, I said action and they got into the scene, they did it. And I, I was something about every time I hear this actor say this line that feeds you. I get emotional. 
Hmm. You're not listening to the way he says it. Mm. You hear the tone, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh yeah!" And soon as he clicked in, boom, we went to the scene. He, it was just like I, we were in rehearsal. Wow! And I'm not like, "Oh, save it for the show." No, yeah. let's do it now, so it becomes a natural thing for you. People yeah. always forget it can still become a natural thing for you. Um, how many songs have you heard where the song makes you cry every time? A lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same theory to me. So that's what I was trying to give him. Let his voice move you in a way, every time he says that to you, you will cry. And every time, even when we got to the set, every time. Boom. <sighs> See, I have, I have an interesting pushback on that. Go ahead, go ahead. Because sometimes like, our own art can be so cathartic and therapeutic mm-hmm. for us that sometimes we can uh, uh, remedy our trauma throughout the art. So then that, that <laughs> trigger becomes less and less. Yeah, you know what I'm, tr- yeah, yeah, I know I'm getting that. at? I understand that, yes. You yes. know, like, uh, there, there's certain, like, for me, especially when it came down to emotional scenes, like, mm-hmm. I know there's probably, like, three people in my life that if I had to envision something really horribly happening to them, right. that would be a trigger for me that, that, you know, touches my emotional core. Sure. But at the same time, too, I try not to think about that all the time because then that becomes so commonplace. You can rest in that, you right, know what I mean? Right, and right. then that's no longer that powerful nugget that you need to rely on. Mm-hmm. Um and I will also say on the flip side, therapy is is wonderful for actors. Like therapy unlocking the shit that actually makes you feel something right. can make your performances that much stronger. Sure. Yeah. What you know, it's interesting. I remember my, um, I know we, we were talking one time. And you guys see we're called the rant room, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking, we were talking one time, uh, this, guy, this guy did a scene in class and I remember the guy, the coach, whatever, the teacher Allen said something about emotional scenes and he was like they read false and i never thought about this but it's still fucking true hmm. they read false by how fast you recover from the scene from yeah. the emotion yeah that's true you know if yeah. you like are crying and then you're like okay i'm not anymore right it's like you were you're faking right Ooh. you know you're faking it. and i was like Ooh, that's Ooh. actually really good I so agree with yeah, that. I so why. agree you with that. You can tell because it's like, oh, because if it's really moving you, mm-hmm. you can't shake it off no. like, in like two seconds after when it's, you know, hey, the scene requires me to like, no, 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 no. There's that residual that's got to, this point. Because if it's really hurting you, it's like, it's like, it's, it's in your body in yeah. a way, you know? And it's like, and it's not going to just disappear. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good thing to observe for people, you know? Because I... part of it is just observing. Oh my God, you feel that during the self-tape process. You know what I mean? Because like, I'll be working with, a, with an actor and an actress and it's, you're exactly right. You're monitoring yourself. You're right. self-monitoring mm-hmm. your performance and it's like, okay, well, what did you think about that? Can I tweak this line? First of all, hell no. What, why, why are you worried about that? I sh- at the end of this, I should break you so I could give you a hug after. Right. And, and very similarly for myself, like right. if I'm self-monitoring myself, I'm not in the scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I should not be worried about that light in the corner that's reflecting and cascading off of my, the side of my face, you know, sculpting my chisel, whatever it may be. Right? You shouldn't worry about that. Right. Oh, my God. There's so many emotional scenes where, especially, like I said, what those triggers were for me as a young actor, where I remember as a kid, there were days where if we had to do an emotional scene, that was it for me. I needed whatever sort of uh, uh, Advil or something just to take away my headache. I needed to be held by my mother, and th- that was a wrap. There was no coming back. 
You know what I mean? And then that's why I say therapy is very important because now I understand what those emotional triggers are. I can separate from them, but it doesn't make it easier. Please give me a moment before we need to jump into this and please let me at least go rest a moment afterwards. And it doesn't take long because I'm a professional, but but at the same time too, like if you're asking all of me right now, I need to give you all of me. Mm. The people in the audience are gonna know it. They can feel it, they can yeah. see it if you're being truthful or not. Yeah. If you need me to go there, I will go there, but don't under don't expect me to bounce back. Right. I don't expect you to sit here and cry in front of me and just bounce back like, all right, Denzel, what are we getting? Waffles? <laughs> Fuck all that. Were you really in the moment? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Let me ask you, um, what was the let's just go back right quick. I you, know we're you, bouncing you, all over the place. <laughs> this is this dude, this is the rant room. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't have to apologize. Sure. <laughs> you see, I always make a statement of it. You no, know, I love this. You see where the rant room. Right? Yeah, yeah. What was the audition process like for you with um, the the, bait, the great debaters? Ooh. Here's here's why I ask. Okay. So you work with D, like I call him D, like he's my cousin. So. Yeah. So you work with Denzel. <laughs> so you work with Denzel a few years before. Mm-hmm. Now here you are, you know, co-starring in his freaking movie. That was that his first movie he directed? Second. No. Okay. Second, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Forgive me. Um, what was that audition process like going through that? Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely okay. do. Uh, oh my God, it was probably the longest audition process I've ever been involved in. Okay. Um, number one, because you don't know if he's gonna remember you or whatnot. Right. And again, I'm, I'm 10, so I really had nothing to contribute right. to the conversation of, of us knowing each other. Um, so I remember the first audition was just like anyone, it's a it's a pre-screening audition. You go in, you do your thing, and you know you hope to hear back. The second audition, which was the callback, uh, was the first was it the first time I met Denzel, or either I'm gonna save that. It was either the second or third time is when mm-hmm. I met Denzel. Okay, and that's where like you know intensity is high. Now to rewind the story, my agents never really had a pin on me for that audition. My mm. mom had heard about it really? through you know another friend mm-hmm. um, who was going out for the same role, and now she's calling my agent like, well, why aren't you getting out for this? Hmm. Why is he not getting in the room? She knew. She had the intuition that I needed to get in that room. And again, I thank my mom so much for it because so many times down the line, she knew before I did. Of mm. course, I'm 16 at the time. So no, I wasn't that aware as an okay. actor. God, you played so young in that too. I was like that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still got the young looks, yeah. man. You know? <laughs> Shout out Paris. We Black van- don't crack. We, we vampires, just so y'all yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Blacks are walking vampires. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, so second or third audition, I go in uh, and read for Denzel, and I remember uh, the speech mm. at the end that I give yes. uh, during the Harvard debate yes. was always one of those moments where he was really like, I need you to breathe. Mm. I need you to tell me a story. And that was, the great debaters is so instrumental within my acting career because I really, really understood what it means to commit to a moment then. Mm. I was working with this wonderful acting teacher at the time who, you know, sadly passed away, God rest her soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was really helping me to find who I was. She was helping me to find what is that truthful moment. And then that was only further enhanced when I got in front of Denzel. So I had prepared this speech like I needed to give this speech. And he's, you know, he's like, but you're not understanding the layers behind it. Mm. You're not committing to what it is. So he sent me to the side and he just asked me, hey, I want you to tell me a personal story. Have you ever... uh, felt like you've done an injustice or hurt somebody and felt ashamed about it hmm. or, or you know, uh, been a victim of, of basically like, you know, uh, uh, racial slurs or anything of that nature. Right. So I did tell him a story that was very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And he could see me transform in real time because a lot of times when you 
ask somebody that, you know, their whole body changes, yeah. their tone changes, it's everything. Like, it's like yesterday, they could see it. Yeah, they yeah. can see it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, so now I want you to deliver this, you know, the speech mm. from that place. That's great. Stay there. Mm. And so and he brought action. me. <laughs> right. And so he brought me back. Um, I think it took all up to five auditions. And it was the fifth audition where I did a, a chemistry with uh, both Journey and Nate. Mm-hmm. Because I think Journey was already penned at the time, and me and Nate still had yet to get the role. Mm. And so I remember in the fifth audition, it was me and Nate doing the scene where uh, after we witnessed the lynching, he right. goes out drinking and he comes right. back, and I challenge him. And so I remember we did that in the audition. And uh, Nate is such a powerful, again, high you know, IQ yeah. actor himself. Facts. And I think he was able to recognize that within me at the young age that I wasn't necessarily as trained. Mm. you know. And I think Denzel knew it early on, but through the debater's process, I was able to grow and spread my wings. And so Nate was able to challenge me within that moment. Mm. And I know personally the way I break when I'm put in emotional environments. And so I broke in a way that I think Denzel was looking for, but it was just sincere for me. Hmm. I busted my lip in that audition. <laughs> there was a Coke, a Coke can that they gave me for my lip because it had swole so much because basically like Nate had jammed my lip into my teeth wow. as we were in the auditioning scene. Hmm. And at that moment with a Coke can on my lip, Denzel sits both Nate and I down and he says, I want you two to be my leading men. Oh, you're going to make me cry. I like that. Yeah. It should happen 15 years ago. I'm still looking. <laughs> Man, it was, uh, it, it, it was a process, but I'm forever grateful because I yeah. was just able to, again, grow. Like, mm-hmm. there were so many moments. See, this? you, yeah. just, you mentioned that, that um, Journey's in that movie. And I was telling someone last night, I was like, oh, she's been in, she been acting for a long she time. She's been acting for a long, long you know, time. And, and he was long like, no, time. no, you can't. She only been in recent. I was like, no, no, no. She's been acting for a minute. Yeah. Just, but, yeah, it's yeah. been a minute. She so. just finally became a leading lady yeah. in the last yeah. few took her way too long way too long but you know how this industry is yeah listen journey's always had it she's always been capable always um but it just took way too long but again like there's you know going back to there's so many moments throughout that film where it's it's sink or swim like i'm i'm with denzel and i'm with forrest and you know journey and nate again i'm surrounded by such incredible talent and even my brother jermaine Mm -hmm. you have to step up to the plate Mm -hmm. you have to commit what the moment to moment is and and again thankfully i was young so it was imagination i was relying on did you did you guys do rehearsal we did do rehearsal oh man it it feels like you had to like it had to almost feel like a play in some spaces we did two weeks of debate camp um, you know, before we even got started, that okay. was the prep. We went to um, Wiley College, where it, it's actually based upon, and you know, just got integrated with their debate students. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, Denzel called us to rehearsal, and we all brought our scripts. And I remember we're standing in that warehouse, and they're building the sets and getting ready. This is the warehouse they're doing pre-pro out of, mm-hmm. and none of us was off book. Ooh. And Denzel says, "Put down your scripts," and just starts going in on us. Yeah. And he says. I, I don't remember verbatim, it's so okay, don't take these okay. words from me. But, but in a sense, he was basically saying, "Y'all got casted for this. You've had the script for how long, and none <laughs> of you guys are off book. Right. You know rehearsal is today, and none of you guys know the scene. Right. I need you to do better." Wow. And that was the level that you know we were we were held up to because he's he's a theater baby himself, yep. you know, and he highly respects theater. Yep. Well, here's the thing: it's interesting that, that I think a lot of people. I want to ask you this: is yeah. like. You're working with high-level talent people, yeah, who are, I mean, and they're celebrities, and it's like, what does that do to your thinking? I gotta raise my game. Thankfully, it didn't. 
it it, it subconsciously did more than it uh, consciously did, mm. and I'm I'm more glad for that because of the age at which I have been performing thus far. You know, it's easy because I remember seeing Jason Momoa talk about Dune. Right? There's yeah. A, there's a scene in Dune <coughs> when um, uh, it's like Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet and who's the who's the Latino guy, um. In Dune? Yeah, uh, Penelope Cruz's husband. Um, hmm. He was in... Uh, oh, uh, uh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a scene where they're all there. And he was like, oh my fucking God. And when, what's his, and Josh Brolin. They're all in yeah. this scene together. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's like, I'm here with them? Mm. Shit. Yeah. I got to like step it up now. You know, and he was... And he, and he didn't... He had like one line in the thing, but he just was like... But being there and seeing the type of like... There's that electricity yeah, that those people give off that yeah. you that you that you got to then say again. It's what I was saying about like mm-hmm. what is that person like projecting to the other cast? But you, you know, and and so so you know guys like Nate, you know guys like sure, Tony, sure. you know like Forrest, like like they know the game. Yeah, of like I'm only good if you're good. Yeah. You know, and 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 they know that in terms of like, I gotta make sure you're good. So like, I'm giving you all this stuff. I'm working with you. I mean, do they work? Do they do their lines like off when they were off camera? You know, you know, like Every, as strong as they were doing. I mean, like, to, like just to make sure that it felt that the, the that the consistency was always there. Sure, sure, sure. I think uh, they're always searching for what's true. Now, I had never seen Denzel uh, rehearse off process. I remember there's one day uh, to recall a scene where uh, he challenges Nate in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a powerful scene where uh, <laughs> where he talks about all the teachers and himself are here to challenge and help you keep your ever living last in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that day because it's the first day where we really got to see Denzel transform. Now behind the camera, so sweet, so giving, mm-hmm. you know, so so kind and wanting us all to to basically rise to the occasion. And as soon as he needed to get into his mode, mm. there was a different Denzel. You couldn't necessarily talk to him. Mm. He had laid out the plan for all of the crew members of, of exactly what they needed to do. And then he would walk away and come back and he just snapped into the scene and walked away. He maybe only did it for three, four takes, but he was already putting himself in the process. Right. And so I think to, to your question, uh, Chris, it's, Gene, it's how can you not learn from that? Yet? Like, it's <laughs> one of those things where, again, you're subconsciously learning on the job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would accredit it to Jason Momoa. It's, it's when you're in an environment like that, you don't show up to go play with the Bulls and Michael Jordan at the yeah. time and not think that you have to give it your all. Yep. Now. If you get into your head being like, oh shit, well, I need to compete, I need to compete. No, he wasn't saying that. You, yeah, you know what I mean? No, but he was saying, fuck, this was, I mean, because he's, because you, you, you know how it is, the call right. sheet comes, okay, who's in the scene today? What are we shooting? Oh shit, it's the fucking, it's everybody. Yeah. But that's why I mean, it's, it's more subconscious than it is conscious. If you're just present and you're trying to do your best job, there was never a day on Great Debaters where I didn't want to show up and do my best job because I didn't want to be the one getting fired. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's right. That was it. I I didn't I didn't want to be the one getting fired. I'd never. No matter what job I I do, I still get nervous on the first day. That's a real thing. I still yeah. get nervous because I never want to disappoint. Yeah, we right. do. We you do it in I mean? the writers' room. Yeah, yeah. Writers room. exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, there's yeah. the, there's the you know we 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 haven't talked the other day in the room and we were like um, you know about like potential next jobs and blah, blah mm-hmm. and uh, the strike and everything and I and, and I was I was like man there was never a moment. 
when you're not the, like fear runs this industry a lot mm-hmm. on everything and you know even in the middle of the season in the writers room which is still like you can't be complacent no. yeah you know you gotta stay active i mean it's how easy is it for me to be complacent right now my yeah. thing right i got there's there's like the second season it, the next season is already you know like guaranteed mm-hmm. i already got my episode it's already in mm-hmm. you know i mean the, sh- the show owners are gone it's so easy to kind of kick back you know you signed on for two seasons most usually don't do that yeah right yeah yeah so it's this whole thing where it's like it's it's easy to not have to be like i don't need to give my all today you know but at the same time it's like well no because people aren't watching you you know Mm -hmm. eventually they're they're watching you so you have to like say oh i need to make sure that it's like i'm i'm just always like you said it's just like you're like you're on and you know how to channel that nervousness to a degree, you know, in a certain yeah. degree, because 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 you don't want it to 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 be overwhelming. But at a certain point, it can become your friend. It can help you Absolutely. be, you know, to perform better, to perform, you know, whatever yeah. you're doing, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting because, like, what you're saying about what because I don't want to get fired. I don't. Want to be, I mean, mm-hmm. that there's that fear. There's that. There's, oh, there's, is that fear? There's that fear. But then you also have to know, like, you're here for a reason, right? You they know what I mean? You, 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 you can't also play have to the know. Imposter. Can't play no, the imposter. No, not at all. Like, you have to know that you're capable of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have this job. You wouldn't be in this costume. Nobody would be investing the money in you. So you know, you can at least rely on that. Yeah. But I like what you said, like you can't, you know, rest on on your laurels or rest like, oh, I already got the job. Because uh, for me, most importantly, like we're here to challenge the art. Right. You know, if I what I could imagine in the writer's room is the same as an actor. Like at the end of the day, we mm. want to make the best project. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? So even if I'm sitting back here resting, that means I don't give two shits about this at all. <laughs> but if I signed up for it I do I care yeah. I want this to be good you can't help but challenge yourself and rise to the occasion you know what I mean let me let me ask you something one of my friends was an actor back on um, uh, a different world is that the one the one that Debbie did is yeah. that a different world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, but they were talking about how um Debbie would say to the actors, don't just go and hang out in your dressing room or in your trailers. Like, be down here by the set, like, seeing what's going on. Like, learn. And she said, you never know when I might need you. And a lot of that, what Mm. would happen is, and they were telling me about some incident that happened during one of the big show episodes where he just happened to be just standing there. Sure. And she was like, you know what, throw such and such in there because that makes more sense with blah, blah. But if he wasn't there, yeah, you know, whatever. How often when you're shooting do you try to hang around? You know, especially since you're a filmmaker. Right. You know, do you want to watch the director and see what he's doing and try to shadow him without him knowing you're shadowing? You know what I mean? Of course. Like, of what, course. Are, what are you doing when you're on the set? I wouldn't be here uh, in this position today if I weren't shadowing different directors. Mm-hmm. Denzel was the so highly instrumental within the reason why I'm even directing in the first place. Okay. Was just I was just asking questions. Right. I would just always want to see him in action, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of seeing the process. And again, that was my first big feature, right. and the first one that I was really aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just you know follow him around, and he saw this natural curiosity within me, and he got us all uh, these wonderful Leica point and shoot cameras. Oh, cool! And he got me a director. <laughs> He got us like a point and shoot cameras, and he got me a director's viewfinder, right? A viewfinder he got too. Like us, yeah. He got us like us. Wow, those are nice. Yeah, it did. 
At, 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 at the time, <laughs> you, you don't can, really know. You, you can still use them today. Sure. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, but they're like $5,000 cameras. <laughs> now, those, no, 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 those, those are the, uh, the. Oh, the range finder. The range finder. Yeah, the range okay, finders. Okay, exactly, okay, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, but even still, like. Yeah, point, half of that, half of that. Right. <laughs> point, point and shoot. Um, and he got me a director viewfinder, a Panavision director viewfinder mm-hmm. with, with uh, great debaters inscribed on it, right? Oh, cool. Because he saw it with him and he said, hey, bring a notebook every single day. Pull your chair up next to mine. Nice. I'm just going to teach you what I know. Wow. And so even throughout the editing process, you know, he was teaching me about shot selection, why he would frame and, and compose a scene a certain way, uh, why they were making these choices and why it's important for us to deliver it nice. as such. Uh, he would invite me down to the editing bay to just what? see how the, the film is cut. Yeah, the whole entire time, I mean, he was really uh, walking my hand through the process. It. I love it. Um, and I'm just grateful that he had seen that within me. Um, so then by the time I was getting ready to, to graduate high school, I was in an animation program at mm-hmm. the time, and I was putting together one of my first shorts. And, uh, and I, it was a pivotal moment where my dad was like, hey, I really want you to go to college. Um, and I didn't necessarily know where my direction was. I knew I always wanted to be in entertainment. Right. So I decided to take some general, uh, general courses, and I was you know, eventually going to transfer into USC, and hopefully you know, Denzel said he would write a letter of recommendation sure. for me. Now I got on Warrior with Gavin O'Connor and I was doing a Bad Lieutenant with Werner Herzog. Right. And so very same, you know, similar method. I'm just shadowing in them. And this mm-hmm. is the days of film. Yes. You know, it's not digital. So I'm learning everything, the ins and outs, and they're just kind of teaching me what they know. Mm-hmm. And both of them said, what the fuck you need to go to school for? <laughs> they're both like, cause you know, Werner Herzog, he's, he's just a student mm-hmm. of film. Facts. Um, and they were like, what do you need totally, to go to school but for? He's totally self-taught. He's, he's like, totally self-taught. Totally, like, 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 you know, he's an older guy now. Most people, yeah. don't, most people don't know his body of work. But, you know, he made such seminal films in the 70s and early 80s. But, you know, there's stories about, like, I guess he was he was like living on his own. When he was like in high school and, mm-hmm. you know, and like in some, some rooming house. And like, it's just... He like, but he was like, but I wanted to make movies, mm-hmm. and he just made them, and he just made them. Because the only thing about making movies is you that, hear that he just made them. No, but you, you know, but you know, you, but you, but you pick up the sixty millimeter camera, it's super great camera. Yeah. You shoot stuff, you learn, like all this. You learn on the job. Like you learn, the, yeah. like, like here's the thing: shot selection, what you're editing, sure. all that kind of stuff. You only will understand that when you do it. Yeah. Okay. You know? So again. Denzel said this all the time, literally while we were on set. You do by doing, you know? And, and yeah. it's, the, it's the same approach. You could look at Spielberg, you look at Tarantino or Werner Herzog, whatever. They always were students of film. Yeah. They were just students of life, period. So you always had to keep learning. And so that's why, uh, uh, again, even at the time when they said, what the fuck are you doing? Just pick up a camera. I was always soaking up game from veterans. Mm. And I was always around, so you know I kind of took that to heart. One of my buddies, he was touring with this rock band at the time, and if I had to recall, my earliest memory of me picking up a camera was when I was again ten years old. My parents bought me a little like a handy cam, mm-hmm. and my buddies in the neighborhood used to skateboard, <laughs> and I would always just film their skateboard <laughs> videos and edit them. It's motions, yeah, and it's kinetic energy. Yeah. You're yeah. just yeah. trying to yeah. create something cool. And at the time, it was like Tony Hawk and yeah. Rodney Mullen and Bob Burnquist yeah. and all this shit that I was into as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning unconsciously. You know yeah, what I mean? And and it's, well, yeah, the thing about the thing about like hanging around veteran filmmakers is. They have like figured things out in a way that 
um, how to make the set work mm-hmm. for them in a way that is uh, so that the the things that that will trip up people who are younger at it are probably never been thinking about. Right. Sure. Never, ne- like I'm, there was a guy on um, um, Star Trek who uh, he told me something that I would, had I never thought about. I never thought about this. He was like, "Hey, so when you are gonna block the scene, right?" <clears throat> And you're not gonna really tell the actors. You go, hey, just show me the blocking. Like, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. He's like, yeah, but what you want to do is, you want to stand where you don't want them to go. Hmm. Yeah. Because they won't come like where you are. Like they want. Like, hey, you know what? I want you to come over to like, like. I was like, oh, that's smart. Yeah. Because. Mm If they see where you're standing, then they're gonna think, "Well, I, that's not where I'm gonna go when we do the scene, right?" Sure. And I was like, "That's a smart thing. Yeah. That's a smart thing to kind of like to force them in a way that's like, I don't want to be here because it's gonna be bad for the camera or, or whatever it is. Sure. Use the filmmaker or or like this is where I want to put the camera. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to come over here. So I, so but but that's something that when you're younger, it's like it's like you know you want to give the actors freedom to figure out the blocking, but you also like I don't want you just but. How do I subtly direct you without without directing you? you yeah, know? but what, yeah, you, yeah. what you're describing is just experience. That's what I'm saying. And it, what, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it doesn't matter what the field is. It's like you could teach all the technical shit in the world. You can go to class and somebody could teach you like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to do blocking this week. Everybody just show up. <laughs> Again, you do by doing. doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like my on the job learning was literally my buddy was touring with a rock band. He's traveling across America. I literally just picked up a camera and just went with them. Hmm. I was just shooting all of their BTS. So I'm learning on, on time just shots and I yeah. got to get it quick and I got to, you know, make sure to always be present within the moment. Uh, and then another buddy of mine, Carlito. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Another buddy BTS. of mine, Carlito, he was, uh, he, he also started touring as well. So okay. I'm shooting. Thanks, Chris. Yes. Oh, you got to head out? Yeah, yeah. My man. Oh, such a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Well, I connect you. I connect yeah, you. Please. Yeah, please. Oh, this won't be our last. Listen, you know how it is. Yes. Yep. Hey, we here almost every Sunday. So anytime you will come through, you can roll with us. Uh, don't open the door too wide. Listen, I'm serious. That's how I <laughs> You're going to have a, a third host. Exactly. <laughs> All right, later, brother. Um, but yeah, so picked up a camera. Mm-hmm. Then my buddy Carlito as well, he starts touring. So I'm shooting now his photos and videos at the same okay. time. And that's how I was able to start sharpening my eye. Mm-hmm. It's really just getting out there and trying some shit. Same with that animated short that I was doing back in high school. Yeah. Um, I took that animated short. I made that my first uh, live action short. Oh. Or I'm sorry, second live action short. Okay. And that's something that I put my money in. So instead of you know spending it on college tuition, yep. funded it into my own project. In yourself. Yeah. yeah. Now I spent way more than I needed to. So I learned. <laughs> I learned a heavy lesson about budget. Yeah. Um, but I'll, it it was so invaluable. Where if I was sitting in class, mm-hmm. that might have taken me months to learn what I did within like over the course of just one month. Right. It, w- it was expedited learning and you had to learn on the job and I made yeah. that mistake and then you just keep going. Yeah. Just start uh, producing other people's projects, just start writing or punching up things because mm-hmm. I, I read some scripts. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I think I know what good storytelling probably, is. Right? Probably think, hundreds by that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm observant, let me just try my hand at it. Right. And even to, to, to sit here across from you as, as a writer, mm-hmm. like. It took me so long to even consider myself a writer because mm-hmm. I always honored those who, w- who were actually doing the job. Right. 
And all I was doing was basically imitating and or observing and then just repeating that process. But, 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 but we have a thing in this industry where if you're not actually making money, you don't always see yourself as being a sure, pro. Sure, so absolutely. how many people, people do you meet? And they're like, oh, I'm inspiring to be or I'm, you know, I'm a wannabe or I'm, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm like, stop saying that shit. Just say you are what you are yeah. and claim it. If you finish the script, bitch, you're a writer. That's fair. That's <laughs> you know that, I mean? that's fair. That's fair. If you acted in a play, bitch, you an actor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, that's great advice. Now, are you on a level of the people? No. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you aren't what it is. You know what I mean? So we always we always guise it by have I made money yet? Yeah. And that's not always true. I come from the theater where you you know you barely make two or three hundred dollars a week unless you're doing Broadway or off Broadway. You know what I mean? Well, this is twenty years ago, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. But, but you're still yeah. an actor. Still was an actor. Some people equate it to success. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say this much. You're absolutely right, and I, and I, you know, uh, how would you say, uh, uh, truthfully or candidly, I would say this about myself. I had written some short films at the time. Yeah. Still didn't consider myself a writer because I wanted to hold myself to a higher degree, or I wanted mm. to, to, to really earn my credit. You know yeah. what I mean? I wanted to get to a level where like I would want to watch that film, and also I think my peers can respect that film. Right. Uh, so it took me a while to get there. It took me a while to even say that uh, I enjoyed or felt good at doing this. You know what I mean? Because I just wanted to put the proper respect on the people who like actually slaved and lived for this, and right. you know, I work have wrote beautiful works that I admire. You know what I mean? Let me let me let me jump to something really quick. Yeah. So you and my you and myself and Chris, we clearly love comics, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a comic book head. Yeah. Like I'm not like ooh episode this and this. I don't I have no idea. Sure. But if you look. I've read every single one of those ones over there, and I have yeah, yeah, just yeah. as many in my other office over there with Ben. I've read them all, but I can't tell you what's all in them. I'm not that dude. Yeah. One of my first big shows was a comic thing. I mean, it's just not, this is not me. Here's the thing. You do animation too, mm -hmm. right? Let me get to, what was it like for you? I'm making a big jump. What yeah. was it like for you as a big comic book fan to all of a sudden do Black Panther? Oh my God. <laughs> and did you, did you know it was going to be as big? No. Or did you just have a feeling like there's something special here? Like what? I'm going to tell you, first of all, I didn't even know if I was going to be in the film. Okay. I thought I was going to get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens all the time. No, no, I, I'm, I'm dead ass because I didn't have the script. Okay. Um, even when I went to go shoot my scenes, it was the same two or three pages that I auditioned with, okay. which were already mock sides to begin with. They just changed my name. And right. of course, you know, Marvel with their privacy and the NDAs, <laughs> yes. there's signs all over throughout the building, like, <laughs> don't take pictures, don't take pictures. Right. So I had to uh, sign for my pages at the beginning of the day and then sign them back over at the end of the day. Okay. So again, I don't know the context of what's happening within the story. I don't know where they're going. I didn't even know uh, uh, what this could become. Mm -hmm. I just was a really big fan of Ryan Coogler's. Um, and so at the time when I got the audition, I remember the day that it happened. I'm about to interview him. Oh, really? In like two weeks for Fred Black Panther 2. Fire. So, yeah. Oh, man, let me go through to that. that uh, I think it's going to be online, unfortunately. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but go ahead. Um, but yeah, no, it was one of those things where, where uh, I went to the audition and uh, I had prepped the night before mm -hmm. and it was over at Sarah Finn's casting office and, you know, we did the scene once or twice. They mm -hmm. really loved, you know, where, where the direction I was taking it. And then they said, hey, so this is going straight to the director. Uh, is there anything you would love to say? Mm -hmm. And this is off of me just coming off of doing a, um, like a, a short, uh, how would you say? It's like a, a music album for one of my friends, right? Okay. Where we film like 
six music videos and strung them together okay. into like a short narrative very like much that. like beyonce lemonade okay so we had just shot this so again i'm still very much in filmmaker brain right and i just had so much to say to ryan that i appreciated and hmm. that you know the representation that i would love to see and i think it was a mix of what i had already done as an actor and that i would like to think that really got me the job right. but this took place in august when my first audition happened <laughs> i didn't hear shit Wait, wait, they don't tell you the next day? Nah, it, it, stop it. <laughs> this took place in August, right? So I'm long gone thinking this isn't happening. Right. What ends up happening uh, was me and my buddies were, were working on a film at my house, mm -hmm. uh, and my agents called me. And you know when you get yeah. the agents all on the phone. Yeah. It's, when they group call you when, when it's when, important. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. When they when they group call you, yeah. all of a sudden it's, it's big news. Yeah. So they call me up and it's like hey denzel how you doing blah 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 you ready for the holidays yeah sure what, what what's going on guys <laughs> they're like so you remember that marvel project that you went out for a long time ago uh would you love to be in a marvel project come january <laughs> yes yes guys you know me yes i would absolutely love to be in right. one what are you what are you talking about they're like great so we've been tracking black panther this whole entire time we just didn't want to let you know to get you too excited but uh ryan coogler loved you they want to bring you down to atlanta for a week Come nice. shoot Black Panther. Yeah. Holy shit. Nice. One audition. One audition. One audition. So, you know, I had to I have to imagine at least we were on a very, very short list. They did do something sorry to interrupt. They yep. did do something different though. How many auditions do you go on and they go, Do you have something to say? Or what do you want usually it's like, Thank you. And right, you exactly. Go. Yeah. So that that was different though. It was very different. You know, that yeah. they were like, What do you have to say to the director or whatever the fuck? Like you've never heard that before. No, 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 no. You never know how this industry yeah. is. And you don't know when your name is being mentioned in a room. You okay. know what I mean? Um you hopefully build enough great relationships to where you can right. talk with them directly, but again, what's yours is yours. Yeah. And I have to strongly believe that and I thank God for it every day. So like that was mine to get. I'd like to say I don't need to know what the rest of the process is. I'm sure yeah. there was many options other than me. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. That was mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but even then, those were the same two two pages that I auditioned with. Okay. That I went into it with. So I. I and it didn't change. It didn't change. Wow. Didn't change. I'm not gonna say something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but but, okay. but but when I got to the premiere, once I was at the premiere, mm -hmm. I'm watching the film, and so I see you know the beginning of the film, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh okay, so I'm in the beginning of the film. That's cool. Oh, they cut half of my lines. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then I get to like the other half of the movie. and I'm like, oh, they brought the other half of me back. How That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wait, hold on. My character is integral. Oh, wait, I'm young Forrest Whitaker. Holy shit. Yeah. You didn't even know it? No. Wow. I did not know. I only wow. knew. I only knew as the press was unfolding. And wow. it was like young Zuri. And then so once I seen who Zuri was, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I still don't know if it's going to be cut. So as press is unfolding and everything, I'm learning in real time. Right. The first time me understanding what the movie was about, I'm watching it at the premiere. Wow. And I'm in tears by the end of it because really? I was like, oh, my God, I was just a part of that. Really? That's beautiful. Yeah. That beautiful? That's beautiful. I, 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 was, <clears throat> I was so proud to be a part of that um, black representation that we had never seen before. Right. To just watch young kids, uh, especially, you know, young boys and girls of color come out and want to be kings and queens. Like, okay. I've been waiting for a lifetime to see that. I've had, you know, my brothers, older brothers, you know, who from generations before, they were like, we had never seen a depiction like that. And so I'm so honored to be a part of that project yeah. and that process, mm -hmm. you know. And again, I'm a, I'm a comic book head. Like, I'm a big Marvel fan. Right. 
and I'm I'm very much like you. Like I can't tell you every single issue. Mm-hmm. I do know some issue numbers. Sure. I go to Comic Con, like play all the video games. Yeah. If you came to my house, there's a whole bunch of shit all over the place. <laughs> my my god sister's like, how are you ever gonna get a girlfriend? Like how how do people ever date you? There's you so much 16, shit over here. Right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm a big kid. Right. Like that's the reason why I make films. That's the reason why, yeah, exactly, Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, I see it. So we had, we had uh, hey. the other writer. Yeah. Uh, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? The other writer on um, Black Panther. Which one? Who worked? Who wrote with Ryan? Oh, I'm trying to blame myself. Uh, but he, he signed it. He came and did the podcast. Ah, dope, dope, dope. I've interviewed so many people. So yeah. yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, interesting. That's good. Now I wanted to get to those two. Just to make sure we talked about those two in sure. particular. Um, go ahead. Can I do a bathroom break? Uh, yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Let's do a bathroom break. I'm sitting over here squirming. So it's a gallon of water a day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were talking about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just talking with Edward, Eduardo here uh, during the break right there. And uh, he was reminding me. He's like, yeah, when you told me Denzel was on the show, I looked him up again. And he's the one who did the, the <laughs> thing. <that> the <laughs> I remember. I, well, I know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and like it, uh, it was like a memorable performance too. Like, thank you. Screwed up. Thank you. Screwed up. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, a lot, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, you're the snitch. You're the traitor." So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was super like uh, in the mic. All right, it was like go. super memorable. Like, uh, I remember, um, I remember, uh, like feeling like. Like I wanted to know more about your your story, like your character story. Yeah, it was weird. Like uh, it, it really made a mark on me, man. Thank it, you. No, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I uh, well, hell, I, I want people to know more about my character as well. Listen, <laughs> talk, talk talk to the writers. Uh, but no, it's Disney Plus is right right, right around the corner. Like you, right, you, you got you think you get your own show, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe. Turn turn that into a series. Um, but to be honest with Ed, you, Eduardo Gomez, by the way, thank you. To, to, to be honest with you, it's such a special uh, process. What I really learned throughout that film mm-hmm. in particular was, you know what money affords you in this business? It's not that it gives you better creativity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um, it affords you time. It affords you a world-class crew. Yep. Uh, it affords you the luxury to really get into the nuance. Yeah. So... You know, I think about like the shooting schedules of Game of Thrones or even, you know, for instance, like what we did yeah, where it's it was like a movie. Yeah, it, <laughs> Crazy. it's two, three pages. There should have been no way we spent the amount of time we did. Right. Peep this. I'm down in Atlanta for about a week. Mm-hmm. I'm getting there right as they're starting production. So my first three days, I'm, I'm doing wardrobe fittings. You know, they're doing things with my hair, prosthetics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's the minor things that we're, we're detailing because we can afford it. Um, and then to that to that sentiment, we spent two days shooting just two, three pages. Two days alone. Never have I ever within my entire career gotten that luxury That's crazy. to do that. Yeah. And it's wonderful because everything that Ryan um, wanted to exercise, you know, in, in terms of, of shot selection or in terms of just feeling anything mm-hmm. that he wanted Sterling to pull out within the scene or myself or mm-hmm. Atandwa Kani. Yeah. Um, Anything that Rachel Morrison as the as the DP wanted to bring to the table, if Nate Moore had any uh, uh, thoughts, uh, it, it didn't matter. Right. Put it on the table. Let's try it. Nice. Because we get this moment nice. and then we move on. Yeah. Um, and that's where I really learned where those budgets can be beneficial to that level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a that that's a lot. Like Chris and I have shot pilots 
and we would do seven, eight pages in a day. I mean, sure. even even more. Yeah, you know what I mean? Easy. Depending on the easily, and um, it's it's hard. Like we did, we did this show um, called Ticker, where we shot two episodes in one day, hmm. but they were like you know eight to ten minutes long, so they weren't hmm. that long. But just that we had we had to do it like a play. Yeah, you know, almost like doing in like little act one, act two, act three breaks, and we'd break and then we'd switch around a little bit, and so sometimes you could do it like that, but it's still it's difficult as hell. And I was like, can you imagine if we had one more day? Oh man, always, <laughs> you know always. I mean? Yeah, you know, you always fight for that uh, within the filmmaking process. Is like, can we get more time? Can right. we get more funds or a mix of both? Right. You know. Right. Now, one of the things I love that you do. I talk about this a lot. I might have talked to you guys, um, the, talking to the Brazilian guys who are all the filmmakers here. Oh, my God. I just noticed that's a Back to the Future shirt. Is it? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that's dope. <laughs> it's a Japanese one. Yeah. Oh, and you're speaking. I'm, I'm, I'm so going to live in Japan one day. I promise you. If you don't see, him in, Amer- uh, if you don't see me in America, I'm in Japan. <laughs> that's what's that. That's what's that. So you like all the anime and all that stuff, Love too? It. Okay. Love that's what's that. It. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm I such a nerd. <laughs> By the way, guys, hold up. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sidetrack this for go a ahead, second. Go ahead. Has anybody seen RRR? Oh my god! Yes. Woo! That is yeah. the best movie yeah. of the year, in my opinion. Holy shit! I just the watched best. it in IMAX uh, yes. two nights ago, and I had to watch it again on Netflix yes. last night. I could not believe yeah. the spectacle of that. I watched yeah. it twice too, just like yeah. Because yeah. we started the conversation with like with blonde and you right. know this sort of torturous, mm-hmm. you know. Everything has to be hyper real right, right. now in America cinema. Right. Yeah. The, the, the gods and yeah. the represents in the end is crazy. It's wonderful. I mean, just what happened to making fun films? Yeah. What happened to the 80s and 90s like Back to the Future where right. you could just, you could have this expansive IP where it's just, it, it, no matter what the realm was, just let your brain think and go. Yeah. Like, I miss that. I miss taking chances like that in film. Yeah. And that's, but see, that's going to be your job now. You know, oh. <laughs> your your movies should go back to that like give it a new feel of that you know like um, one of the things we're doing over at the besides all these other TV shows we're doing we just we're working with Audible on mm-hmm. all these scripted shows yeah, yeah, yeah. but we're trying to go back to the 90s fun and take that style of the way we did black shows and stuff in the 90s and black films in the 90s and put it on on uh, Audible yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because those movies, you know, Love Jones and all those things, like they still had something. They had a heart. They had like all these different. So we're like, why can't we still? There's still an audience for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we're trying to bring that back. You know what I mean. It didn't even have to be the biggest films of its time. Yeah. Sometimes it was just about the characters. It was just about a core, right. you know, thread that really ran the story. It doesn't have to be this spectacle. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be. And I love this film, right? I, I, I love The Dark Knight. I think it's one of the yeah. greatest comic yeah. book films ever made. One of the greatest films ever made. Mm-hmm. But after we got The Dark Knight, everything had to be super serious and hyper-realistic. Correct. I don't need a realistic version of the Ninja <laughs> Turtles. Let the Ninja Turtles be the Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not looking for that. You don't want to go back and see how they were adopted? And all that. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm throwing no shade on any particular company, but I know there is a toy manufacturer right now mm-hmm. that is making these very, very hyper-realistic films where oh they're my. taking their like iconic figures, and yeah. now it's like, well, let's deal with their trauma and their psyche, or right. you know, if they were for this children's show, were they on drugs? No, <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> just, 
I was watching um um what's his why am I forgetting his name? Uh from English actor was in the new movie Breaking. Breaking. Yeah. About the, the, the guy who robbed the bank. Why am I oh, uh, um um why am I forgetting his Damn, name? Damn, hold on, hold on. I know who you're I talking see about. His face. It's horrible. It's not John Boyega. Yeah, it's Joy. Oh, there we okay. go. Yeah. That was I was watched just yesterday. I'm on the I'm on the, the stair climber. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this long interview on like break, uh, the breakfast show in the morning with mm-hmm. Charlemagne and all them, and he was talking about when he first did Star Wars, and they were like, "Man, you must be rolling with all the money because you know you guys get the toys." And he went, "We didn't get none of that. No, no money. No, for all the toys with their faces do on them." Do I have all my own that? toy? No. I do not, man. Uh-huh. I, I need my own toy. Listen, there's a there's a company called uh, Hot Toys. They are a Hong Kong toy maker. That is one of my life goals is to get a hot toy made after me. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, but you. he was he Tell was me. talking about how you know he did the Star Wars movies and whatever and no money whatsoever. Nah, he of course he was able to buy his mother a house from doing this movie. Absolutely. So he did he did fine, but how much how many more millions are sitting on the table yeah because he didn't get the toy stuff you know what i mean sure it's it's it's, it's crazy i mean that's a whole another conversation itself yeah. but you know the studios and licensing <clears throat> your own ip i mean you know what's interesting like because i think we're 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 students of culture as well yeah. and i and i like to also think like in tandem well how can i be a better businessman looking at some of the moguls that i actually admire in the rap game right you know what I mean? Like some of the moguls now who we're seeing some of our first black billionaires. Crazy. Um, and they're popping up more rapidly and successfully. Yeah. And just how people are able to expand out of their, their main discipline into other areas. Right. You know, that's one of my missions is, you know, I really want to always keep a foot in and represent our culture and really yeah. sort of expand. So, you know, all credit to Jay-Z, all credit to Kanye, all yep. credit to like a Kevin Hart who's now doing really well yep. with his discipline. Um, how can we not only take us being an actor, but now, okay, no, you you want me, and you want my audience, and you want what I bring to the table, Mm -hmm. well, here's what I would like in return. And again, that you gotta earn that position, you know what I mean? Maybe John Boyega at the time was not able to get that, just the same way, like I'm in Black Panther. Well, he, he admitted, you know, yeah, I was still hungry at the time. Still hungry you at the time, I mean? you know what I mean? Now, like, I'm at a place where I'm saying, no, don't sure. even bring me back, you Look, know what I, I mean? I, I know what Black Panther did for me, right? but I know where I was at at the call sheet, and I know, how I was valued or treated. Okay. And I'll and I'll say this, and that's that's absolutely no shade. Mm-hmm. But I am only a small piece of something much larger. Facts. So I knew how to play my role. Right. But again, I've still not made my mark or my claim. I'll tell you right now, and I'll say this tell publicly tell broadcasted. You call me in for a Transformers franchise, I will <laughs> fuck that shit up. And I mean it in a great way. I mean it as you will get everything from me. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that I really love. Like, I love cars. Okay. I think the Fast and the uh, Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. I love the original Fast and the Furious films. You know, the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. No shade on the later ones. I think they're still great, fun films. Yeah. But even the same with, like, Transformers and big IPs like that. Yeah. Like, Back to the Future is a fun one for mm-hmm. me. Like, Jumanji. Give me some credit. <laughs> Jumanji, uh, the, the remake with Kevin Hart and, and The Rock Johnson, right. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think... It's a good ride. It's a good it's, ride. It's a good ride. Are yeah. you kidding me? Within the first 25 minutes, you understand what the story device is. You yes. understand the mechanics of this world. Right. And then now you're able to play. And as an actor, not only do I have to think about there is a younger self 
that is transported into this video game and now I have to embody what the younger personality is, right. but I also have to somewhat make a, uh, a, a mockery of myself because yeah. I know I'm the Rock Johnson, I'm big and mus muscly, but also, you know, the younger version of me is maybe not the most confident character. Oops. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Uh, not the most confident character. So again, like, there is some real merit to the, to the acting that's taking place on screen. And I think you can create these big budget spectacles and still have fun within them, but still make great filmmaking. Yeah. And that's why I bring up RRR, it's so exciting, is because at the end of the day, like no matter how cheesy it becomes, you know, no matter how the CG looks or whatnot. Yeah, it would have been cheesy if they couldn't dance. Those motherfuckers were Ah, they could dance, they could Shh. dance, they could sing, but it's about the heart. Yeah. You look in the eyes of those yes. actors and they delivered wonderful performance Amazing. amidst the chaos. And that is what grounds it and that's what brings you in. Right. And it you reminds can, you, we always think about these American actors and British actors or South, Af South African. We, in Australia, we forget that in Brazil mm -hmm. and, and, and you know China and you know Korea, whoo, Korea is killing it right now. Really? These, yeah. Pff, the actors are badass okay. Woo! okay put me on put me on Dude, man. go on netflix and just pushing korean freaking tv shows and movies I yeah every single one of them kills us okay i'm about to do a deep dive let's go kills us let's they go bad dude yeah, yeah from the martial arts to the to the to the to the stories of you know just people at home i mean it's just sure whole nother level I mean, Parasite. Parasite was incredible. I mean, that's that's yeah, yeah. another Korean film. So I mean, using that as a as a guise, mm -hmm. that was like one of the first ones to cross over. So right. now it allowed this flu of all these other movies and TV shows to go on Netflix and all these other places. Now mm -hmm. we're starting to see them. You know what I mean? And then you got you know the um, with the Squid Game. I right. Mean, all that Squid shit. Game I mean, was phenomenal. That's another. Per there's a cool zombie one um, about all these kids in high school i don't know why it's called uh is it trained to busan no 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 that's okay. another one yeah that's yeah, super dope. yeah yeah that was from seven eight years ten years ago yeah but, but but this one is about a bunch of kids in high school and it's a tv series okay and it's off the bunch of kids in chain. high school wait 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 wait. hold on hold on is i it, gotta um, find it that's not the one where they're killing each other is it no no this is a zombie show Ah, okay. So they got a band together. Yeah. You know, and they have all the different tribes. You know, they're the jocks and they're the whatever. And they all got to come together and fight their way out of that thing. It's, okay. Dude, okay. Dope. Man, dope. but that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, great storytelling is great storytelling yeah. at the end of the day. It all, it all is traditional themes mm -hmm. that we can all relate to. You, you know, we need to see the beginning, middle, and end. And how do we yes. get there? And it all needs to make sense. And it's good char character development. Yeah. It doesn't matter the language. It doesn't matter where it's shot location-wise. We just want to see great stories. And, yeah. and I challenge, again, that's why I love 80s uh, and 90s filmmaking so much. Um, yes. It's called All of Us Are Dead. All of Us Are Dead. Dude. I need to watch that. This shit. Ooh, is okay. Dope, Say less. Yeah. All of us are dead. I'm you about seen, to. You seen it? Okay, if it is dope. I'm it's about dope. to queue up the Netflix. That's Come it. on. They're, and uh, they're doing. They're doing season two. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Um, but but I I just want to you know challenge America cinema particularly because I think we get so caught up in the dollar. Yes. Uh, that we've lost some of the craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. We truly have lost some of the craftsmanship. Yeah. I mean. Again, just the challenge of film alone and shot economy and, and, and what it takes to, you know, uh, take this wide, turn it into a two, then somebody with a close up or whatnot. I was watching like Chinatown the other day again. And, and it's like, you know, Jaws and things right. like that. Like, I love going back and watching the older films because you could just learn you technique. Have to. Yeah. I tell writers the same thing. I know you don't want to read them. 
you have to read them because the execution on the page yeah is the, you need to see they were so much more colorful on the page than we are today you know just the way they describe things and the way they would do transitions and sure the movies are longer mm-hmm. don't worry about that part sure you know what i mean but look at it for flow look at it for the character the first time the character speaks the things that they say the first time they're introduced it's just different you know oh I mean? the way to introduce a character Everything. oh and, and when you think about how to introduce that yes. character <laughs> how the other characters around them talk about the character right. to really build them up yeah. oh i love moments yeah. like that you know what it, it again like I, I draw parallels to to the rap game or the music game mm-hmm. right because i think about the young hungry artist who's like on the mixtape circuit right um like i draw that to here we'll throw out a name right now wiz khalifa right yeah i think wiz khalifa made one of his better mixtapes with cushion orange juice yeah. but i remember when he was working in the lab with currency mm-hmm. i remember when he was in pittsburgh um and he was just trying to find his sound i remember when he was trying the radio records and i think he had a warner brothers deal and now mm-hmm. he's with ross from records for anybody who doesn't know rap i'm just giving you a little detail <laughs> Give him some game. right Give him some game. but but all of a sudden he comes out with this mixtape called cushion orange juice right. and he found this west coast sound that was updated it was like g-funk but it was something cool it was right. vibey now all of a sudden he's like the new snoop dog the way like he plays on kids. words this is different yeah, yeah it was so wonderful right. and to be honest with you so many people have challenged him throughout his career to make that again right. now obviously his level of access and his star is much different i mean once you do the see you again song in fast and the furious mm-hmm. your audience changes yeah. i totally get that yeah but what he was able to capture lightning in a bottle with that, I sometimes think about filmmakers as well, where they make their magnum opus out the gate. We criticize like a Nas for making Illmatic right out the gate and then can't necessarily recreate that recipe. Right. I want to challenge my brother Jordan Peele, for instance. Okay. And I love Jordan Peele. I love yeah. everything that he's doing. Yeah. I thought, nope, there was something so creative about it, the device to use this UFO mm-hmm. as the actual animal itself, because we always think the threat is the little green aliens. We never think about the threat being that. Like, Facts. that could be the alien entity. Yeah. But I wonder the time spent on Get Out and the dedication that he put into it. It's a different level of, of, of love and care. Yeah. That, you that, feel like this one was a little more rushed? I think so. Without saying that? I think it, it, it's like us and, and, and Nope just feel like they're coming out a little bit too quick. Mm. Like, I want him to be challenged a little bit because it's not like he can't do it. He can do it. Yeah. And we've seen it with Get Out and, and how every single step of the way just makes sense. Um, and I just wonder to a certain point, are we just getting these out too quick just because it, whether it's studio demand or we got to keep up with audience expectations or we want to stay fresh you know what there's, i mean there's a, there's a lot of that i'm sure <clears throat> as you and i we know all the black filmmakers coming up anyway i mean i yeah. just i just interviewed jordan a few months ago it's 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 one of those things where i wonder like a lot of my friends like i, I was i had somebody on i was telling these guys the other day i've had um, my friend mike goyo on the show and he's a writer and showrunner now on this show called Sin Help mm-hmm. with um, uh, Jean Ali. Mm-hmm. And when he left, I was just going through my photos and I was like, holy shit. See, I have these guys sitting here. He was one of those people like six years ago, just mm-hmm. sitting, listening, like just a young writer wanting to do whatever. Now yeah. he's a showrunner. And I was like, oh my God, there's like, tw- I went through 12 different people who are either showrunners or co EPs right now who are just sitting watching this thing. Wow. Right? Yeah. And I was like, so what's happening is this. You get in. Like I'm watching my girl Lena. Lena Wife doing this right now. I love yeah. what she's doing. 
you are you you get in, you blow up, you get your Golden Globe. All of Hollywood is like, what else you got? Yeah. And she's like, I got ten shit, and they're like, we want them all. Yeah. So everything gets greenlit left and right, and all of a sudden they're just like boom, 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 boom. They're all coming out, and you know your window is only so. It's just like when your you're window in is only so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't blame him for doing what he's doing. I can't. As, Never. As people of color, we are, we don't have the opportunity where they can fail. Sure. You know, no, not at all. You know, what I mean, think about. I, I won't use Scorsese, but you know, any of these these big directors now. How many of those directors, you mentioned somebody earlier, like they do a movie now and seven years later they'll come out with another Tarantino movie. Tarantino does it. I mean, because yeah. they can afford to do that. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no loss in that whatsoever for them. And people expect, so they, they take the time yeah. to get their movies right, you know, or whatever, or go off and direct, you know, some other movie that they don't really care about for the money or, you know, some whatever type of movie. And we don't get that opportunity. You have to come out the gate it has to blow up. Mm-hmm. It has to do successful. Like he has to do get out, yeah. so he can do three movies that don't work. You know what? And again, I can't speak on another. This is my opinion, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, I think that's a wonderful uh, 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 thought to it, and I can't speak on it because I don't know my brother's, you know, business or sure. whatnot. And again, I, I, I say this. <laughs> let me put this disclaimer out there. I absolutely love what he's doing sure. in cinema. I love what he represents. He thinks outside the box. Not only does he think outside of a box, for a young creator like myself, like I look at a Jordan Peele, I look at like a Donald Glover, yeah. and it's finally you guys are seeing black representation other than, like I said right. earlier, slavery <laughs> right. and just stories from the hood. Right. I'm not from the hood. Mm-hmm. I came, you know, from a from a nice middle class life. I had both my parents <laughs> in my life. I love nerdy <laughs> shit. You guys have heard me sit here and yes. talk about comic books and Back to the Future right. and whatever it may be. Like that's the things that I get off on. Mm-hmm. I've sounded white my whole life, and I've been criticized for it. Like mm-hmm. so, now we're starting to see other nuances and other shades of black right. within the media. So I would never. It's ta- cool to be a blurred now, right? Yeah, exactly, I love it exactly. because I've been one my whole life. Entire life, swaggy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But 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 now, I always say I'm a cool nerd. So. Yeah, you know what I mean. What what is an uncool nerd at this point? You know what I mean? Nerds are dope. Nerds exactly, rule the world. Exactly. Elon Musk. What what are we talking about facts, here? Facts. Um, but at the same time, too, you're you're absolutely right. Like, are those pressures put on ourselves though? Because, you know, he works at a high level. And he, and he holds his heart, uh, his art to a high level. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so sometimes do we feel like just because the door is open, do we just need to take uh, this opportune time and get in the window? Because sometimes right before that door does open, you know, what might have took two years to develop a script might take five years. Right. And sometimes we get so eager to where we're like, oh, man, but we got to get it out now. Or, you know what? Nah, I dedicated a nice two years to this. I'm feeling really solid about mm-hmm. it. What two years might feel to you might have been more of a challenge at five years because of how hungry you were, because yeah. of your circumstances. Yeah. I know for certain, even with 5150 that I'm working on right now, if I were given the cash and the opportunity to make it when I first wrote it in 2016, it would not nearly no be way. as good as what happened in 2020. Facts. And I needed every single hurdle, every single obstacle, every single block to happen yep. in order for me to develop that project to be as great as it was. Right. And I think even if there would have been more hurdles and more blocks on top of it, it would be even better than it is now. Okay. So I just ask ourselves, is getting too much access making it too easy for us? Because for the same, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a, a little bit of a, a bail for Scorsese, right? Scorsese gets the, opportun- the opportunity to do it, obviously, because he's embedded in cinema history. Right. But he still has to go fight to get his investments. Yeah, for, for better or for worse, he still has to go fight to yeah. get a film. He always invest- wants more. Yeah, I'm he sure. always wants more. 
And so what happens when we start holding ourselves to a, to a higher regard? Like, I do want to challenge that within black art is like, how can we keep holding ourselves to a higher regard? Spike had did it for so many years and so many other black filmmakers and auteurs mm -hmm. were doing it back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Now that this door is wide open and they want to see more color, like, again, how do we hold our... Ooh, well, let me not get political here okay. for a second. Let me, let, me ask you yeah. one, let me ask you one last question before I let you go. Sure. Let me ask you this. When you describe yourself yep. as the type of writer or filmmaker you are, how do you, how do you describe yourself now? Now in this present moment? So like, uh, for example, when people ask me the type of writer that I am, yep. right? I say, oh, that's easy. Now, and I kind of talked to these guys the other day. I tell them my story about being this young, you know, if you've seen the movie Dope, that was me. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, being this young punk rock kid and, you know, into all that stuff. I today write underdog stories like, because I'm one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Anything. I could write a horror movie. I could write a biopic. I could write a slave movie. It's always about the underdog point, point of view. Mm -hmm. And so I write them in the murder, death, kill world. So mm -hmm. in that whole thing. So I'm just curious for you. And I, and I tell people that because in this climate, you have to be able to tell people exactly the type of filmmaker sure. you are. Sure, sure, so, sure. When you tell people, what do you tell them in general? You know what, that's a great question. And I'm glad you're challenging me on this because I don't know if I necessarily have that figured out, honestly. Okay. Um, well, let me just ask you, what's 5150 about? 5150 is about a uh, famous black celebrity, yeah. globally uh, uh, world known, who at the height of his career gets put under a temporary hold for 72 hours for psychiatric evaluation. Um, so think like a Kanye, think like a Tom Cruise, think like a Lindsay Lohan. Uh, basically, we wanted to pull back the curtain on those celebrities. And oftentimes we are so quick to point fingers and make judgments mm -hmm. uh, upon celebrities without truly knowing what's going on behind the scenes. And you and I both know, sitting on the other side of the table, there's a lot more at stake. There's, there's a lot more bureaucratic plays that go right. down. Um, so within that 72 hours, uh, his mom his publicist and also his wife and little daughter come in and basically warn him of the dangers he faces. Mm. Meanwhile, he's ranting incessantly about this power behind the scene called they, mm. which he feels like uh, is trying to take his life away from him and has been pulling the strings the entire time. Okay. And so they think he's spiraling and going crazy. Uh, and meanwhile, it's to be discovered whether that conspiracy is true or not. Hmm. Okay. So hearing that, now I'm wondering what other type of things you write. See, what happens so, is this. What happens is this. Yeah. Writers don't know this. <clears throat> if you've written up to four or five scripts, yeah. you probably are writing the same things and you don't even notice it. Okay. So what you do is you go back and you start going, let me think about that script. Oh, yeah, I'm writing about fa fatherhood. Oh, I'm writing about, you know, mother-son relationship. You start to see the themes that roll mm -hmm. through. I had a thing in my first four or five scripts that I've written almost 40 something. I was writing about gang life because hmm. that's where I was from. Interesting. And it, it would be a normal movie about something and all of a sudden they would go down the wrong turn and yeah. they would run into a gang. It would always be something in yeah. there. And my husband brought it to my attention. He was like, you notice you always write about it. I was like, really? That's what made mm -hmm. me switch it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then I started getting more focused on what I, why am I writing this? I'm like, oh, because I'm writing about these underdogs and who's mm -hmm. their worst person to come across? These motherfuckers. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No matter what the situation was. So that's where it came from. And I started going, oh, that's me. 
there's a reason why I can write a sci-fi film or a drama or a historical thing because I'm still writing the same theme. Got the it. World, got it. The, the world it. changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas every that's why they say focus on comedy, focus on drama, focus on whatever. But if you focus on the same theme, you actually can write other things. That's fair. Yeah. That's really cool. Now I'm interested. Now I'm curious. I'd, I'd say from that perspective, themes that I've always resonated on or are um, uh, uh, relationships and distress. Okay. And how do people overcome uh, their hurdles within their relationships, especially, you know, I would just say relationships and distress. I would I would put but it see, that way. But see, yep. now, now I want to know why. See, remember I went back to my yeah, childhood? Sure. See, because you, you talk like as if you had the perfect life almost growing up. So now, now I'm, I'm like, but, but you see where I'm going? Yeah. So now you got to take it a step further and be like, you know, just hear me. I'm just spitballing. Yeah, please, please. Like, for example, it would be, you know, I grew up, you know, middle class, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Everybody thought I had the perfect life. Right. But, you know, they, my parents were always on the verge of breaking up, just as an example. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So because of that. You see where I'm going? Tie it sure. in to something. Um, I think romantically, my romantic relationships uh, have always been a, a, a source of contention. No, only just because, how would you say? Love is only one part of the equation in right. the relationship. And I think I've always dealt with that early on just because I've always been a public figure. Right. And so my relationships have came with stipulations based upon like, do you know where I'm going? Right. Do I see a bigger vision for myself? Mm -hmm. It's always about somebody in the relationship maybe aspiring for more than the other person. And I oh. found that to be a common theme within all of my projects. Uh, same goes for a project that I'm writing right now uh, that has to deal with brotherhood. You know, it, it, it's the same. Still relationships. And, still okay. relationships yeah. and contention. And it's, a, it's about, you know, uh, climbing the ladder of success or, or you know, rising to the right. occasion. Um, but see, and, that why you set up now yeah. makes sense to why you're writing that. Exactly. See, so that's that's yeah. another project. You gotta that feed I'm writing. that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is this is interesting. Yeah. Um, See, so he came and got some game too. I, yeah. I did. I got I got a lot of game, man. Um, <laughs> you know, loss is another one. Like my first uh, project, the one that I said I put a lot of money in, Criminal, mm -hmm. which was set in a comic book world, had to deal with uh, the vindication for a lost loved one. Mm. Um, and and what is that pain? And you know what I mean? Like. Again, for me, I guess at the root of all of my stories, they really do have the core principle of love. Okay. Whether it's uh, trying to repatch love or, or trying to deal with the loss of love, I found has been a common theme within mine. Or fight for love. Okay. Um, choose either one. Don't say it's about relationships and then say it's about love. Okay, so fair. Choose. The only reason I say that is some people yeah. in the industry, here's an example. Most people who are savvy about writing yep. believe there's only one theme in a movie. Hmm. Whereas you'll talk to a writer and they'll go, oh, it's about love and heartbreak and you know despair. And I'm like, oh, that script's all over the place. As soon as you say yeah. that. But if you know this thing is about love and here's why, this thing is about relationships between the battle between the son and the daughter and the, you know, whatever. Now I know you're clear this whole thing it, it, the boss at work is a relationship thing. The you know what I mean. Mm. Everything ties yeah, into yeah, something, yeah, 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 yeah. as opposed to having all these different themes going on. As soon as you add seven different themes, your movie is all over the place. And I'm not following the same. And I, here's an example. I say this: You ever go to the movie and walk out and going, "What the fuck was that movie about?" All the time. The themes were fucking up. Mm. Yeah, that's what it was. That's mm. when it happens. You go, I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Because they kept changing it. 
It stayed off. It stayed off. It stayed off course of what it was supposed to be. So you don't know who don't know which one to follow. Sure, 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 sure. No, that makes a whole bunch of that makes a lot of sense. Huh? Some game for you. All right, I got some there new game. No, I mean that's 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 great because it's gonna help me, you know, further define. You got my number. You can always call. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we gotta have a talk. <laughs> so, uh, where you at, Denzel? Where people, can people follow you on Instagram, Twitter? You know what you got? <laughs> you know, as a public figure, I'm I'm really doing a shitty job of being public. <laughs> I did, oh, I miss the days where people could be like anonymous. Right. I miss it. I miss <laughs> it. I, I understand we're in we're not in that era. Uh, if you if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at blackmouth b l a c k m o u f. That is how you find me. Uh, I will sometimes pop up and make wonderful appearances and tell you how I feel about <laughs> filmmaking or cars. I post a lot about cars right. and rap. Uh, <laughs> but you'll find me there past that. I mean, uh, I'm always doing some cool shit. I love to just pop up and then disappear. That's that's. And again, that's very that goes with who you are, though. I like that. Oh, it goes with who I am. But See? it's so counterproductive to this industry. <laughs> I understand how counterproductive it is. But I tell you, as soon as. Because I always call it a, a breaking point, a threshold in the industry, right? A threshold where you become a household name, where they say both of your, your first and right. last name at the right. same time, right? right? Once I get there, you guys think you don't see me now? Imagine how little you will see me. Oh, I will, I will promote the shit out of my businesses. I will be there smiling and dancing. When it comes to my family and my friends, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I get on writers about this all the time. And anybody in the street it drives me bananas now i'm not telling you this because mm-hmm. you are already established person but i say this all the time whatever your twitter instagram facebook it should be your fucking name your email hey. should be your fucking name here's why as yeah. a producer who was constantly meeting with writers and stuff or i'm using that as an example yeah i can't be, i'll be like eduardo 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 i know like six Eduardo's. i don't remember which one he is and then your email is writer at Brazil, such and such, just for example. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that said, dude. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So I'm always encouraging writers. Yeah. Like, you look me up, hell your guess on everything. Yeah. Somebody told me that years ago. As soon as this tick came out, you need to brand your name. Yeah, yeah. You need to freaking do your dot coms and all that shit in your name because somebody else will take it. Oh, a thousand percent. They probably have tried to take it from you already. That, that is the reason why it's black mouth right now. It was, <laughs> a lot of my stuff See? was taken exactly. at, a, at a very early age. Exactly. So, so brand your name. So that's all I'm saying. But you already somebody who's established. You already have your agents. You already work. That's a different thing. And I always say that. If you already established, it's a different thing. So I'll, anyway. I'll say this much. It's counterproductive still, even mm-hmm. at this stage. What I'm I'm doing it intentionally to brand the company okay. synonymously with my name. Right. So Blackmouth has been something that's always been a nickname of mine uh, since literally back in middle school. Is that the name of the company too? The production company. Yeah, it's the name of oh, my company. That's good. That's fine. And it's the same with the logo. So I've had them since I was twelve. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's why I'm sort of doing the simultaneous branding. Like if you know me in the gamer space, in the gamer world, that was my gamer tag. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and all of my stuff. It's funny you mentioned that. Everything <laughs> DenzelWhitaker.com was taken. And there's no way I was paying that amount of money to get my own name back. Stop it. So, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a simultaneous branding. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate having you. My man. We definitely going to do this again. Yes. Um, anytime you want to come on promote something you're doing, like when the movie comes out or, you know, uh-huh. any of your, your... Dude, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Let's blast that shit. Let's for do sure. It. You know you can always come here if you don't go anywhere. For sure. I appreciate it. I um, love this. I mean it. 
Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, um, so I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> and Instagram at Hilliard Guest. Like I said, like I'm a grown fucking, I'm a grown grown person. I keep my shit real. <laughs> um, you guys can follow. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. Um, thank you to all the listeners who send us really, really nice um, emails, who tweet us and post things about us. We appreciate it. Um, shout out to the Brazilian cats, the filmmakers in here. You. They're gonna there be, we go. They're going to be on the next episode. We're going to do an episode with them. Um, let me see. Shout out to Mauricio, too, for hooking me up yeah. with y'all. Uh, let me see. Chris Derrick, you can find him at Unauthorized CBD. He's another one who refuses to change his fucking thing. Yeah. Um, Chris Derrick is his name. Uh, let me see. Oh, please go on Screenwriters RR um, for our website. Um, you can go on our Patreon and donate to there if you guys want to. We appreciate um, We give this game to y'all for free. So if you want to hook your brother up, five million, ten million, you know, we don't ask for much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just something slight, just you know something small. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just throw, throw a couple, couple, couple Benjamins in there. We don't ask for nothing. Uh, just kidding. And throw some my way too. <laughs> <laughs> he always wants his pimp fees, pimp fees. Come y'all. on now. <laughs> uh, anyway, joining with me, Denzel, and the rest of y'all. Y'all didn't hear the spiel, but joining me for 2022 at the end. For 2022? Yeah, yeah, you'll hear it. Okay. Uh, on the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Denzel? 2022. 20, there we go. I did remember that. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Later. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stop. Any topic, even the random friend. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the ramble. That's it. That's all I got to say.